Welcome back to the Adventure Mechanics. I'm Devin. I'm Chandler. And I'm Tom. And I'm actually here this time. And we welcome you to this place where destiny is made. Oh boy, we're talking the story, aren't we? Oh boy, yes we are. I thought you were just welcoming me personally, you know? (laughs) Yes, you personally and everyone who happens to be listening, assuming you're here after the first one, which if you are, hi, thank you. If you didn't know there's a first part, there is a first part enjoy i assume uh, that you don't need to like actually listen to the first part in order to enjoy it because i haven't and so i'm just going to pretend <laughs> that everything is fine yeah you're fine yeah. you're great yeah this is like this whole self-contained thing we're just going to talk about the story of morrowind Ooh, i'm excited yes yes and we're glad to have you welcome tom back oh, after wow. you vanished i guess I, like you I, went to an outer realm or something and just disappeared more or less yeah i you know i just wanted to fit into the theming of of morrowind and stuff so he found the the body on the road and tried the oh. scrolls out mm, no big deal mm, yeah that's it mm, yeah it's fun though <laughs> it is fun <laughs> the landing part isn't but whatever <laughs> Yeah, the landing landing's a little bit rough, but <laughs> the jumping part, that's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shall we begin, everyone? Are you prepared for story time? Let's do it. I'm excited. All right. Oh, boy. And so we begin. In the waning years of the third era of Tamriel, a prisoner born on a certain day to uncertain parents was sent under guard without explanation to Morrowind, ignorant of the role they were to play in that nation's history. You seem to have a strange dream, looking over a desolate land of ash, dotted with stones and scrub bushes. The wind howls around you, blowing dust and ash and something more ominous, red and blighted with it. A woman speaks to you. She says, they have taken you from the Imperial City's prison, first by carriage, now by boat, to the east, to Morrowind. Fear not, for I am watchful. You have been chosen. Words come to you as the sound of the howling ash-laden winds changes to the sounds of a thunderstorm over the ocean. Many fall, but one remains. Mm. Oh boy. I remember that intro. It's a good intro. <laughs> totally. It's very memorable. And, yeah. and then you wake up just seeing the future uh, saint of killing all of the cliff racers. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, another voice cuts into your dream asking if you're alright, telling you to wake up. As you wake, you find yourself indeed in the hold of an imperial ship, imprisoned with a Dunmer with a scar across his eye. The prisoner, Geob, parentheses, future saint of killing all the cliff racers, and parentheses, observes you were sleeping fitfully, but not even the storm could wake you. The guards come to collect you for processing in the imperial outpost of Sedanin on the island of Vardenfell, a province of Morrowind. After filling out some paperwork and humoring the Imperials in their damn lists, you are given instructions to go to the city of Balmora and deliver a coded package to a man named Caius Cosades. You may choose, of course, at this point to ignore this and just fuck right off with your freedom. But since we're talking about the main story, we're just going to like keep on like you're actually following the instructions of the Imperials at this point. <laughs> Something I never did. <laughs> yeah, who does that? I didn't even do that. <laughs> yeah, no, I was... Uh just not doing the story at all i'm sorry i stole your thunder devin <laughs> no, no that's okay i i actually nah, realized that i've said something that probably is confusing i haven't played this game since high school so yeah when i say i remember that 
it's because that was like 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago. You're just like, yeah, I remember that vaguely. <laughs> <laughs> it happened. I remember just being like, dude, they just let me free. Like, they're just, I'm not a prisoner anymore. They just tell me, like, there's no, like, go to this place. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Who does that? Ain't nobody got time for that. I'm not even sure I was paying yeah. that close of attention back then. I was like, yeah, yeah, let's let's get to the part where I start robbing people blind. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get to the part where I just start eating random things that I find on the side of the road. <laughs> so, you go to Balmora, ask around, and finally find Caius, an absolutely shredded Imperial skooma addict who prefers his titties out. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> it's it's very true. If anyone listening, like you know, if you if you've played Morrowind, if you're a fan of Morrowind, like you know. Uh, and I actually, I think, I think it was Ken Ralston had a quote about this in the oral history of uh, Morrowind. Let me see if I have it like handy because he he says something really funny about that. Um, uh, yes, it was Ken Ralston who was the lead designer. Uh, it, it's those really bad impulses. This is quote. It's those really bad impulses that you have that you have that are a beacon to other players and memorable. I would also say that from my point of view, having Caius Cosades, your spy master, be the only guy in the game with no shirt on, I knew that somehow that would creep people out. And you put a skooma pipe under his bed and you do these other things and you're telling a story visually that is going on in the background of the player's head. They're not even conscious of it. And he's talking in another heroic way, so you're able to give a conflicting narrative, unquote. <laughs> That's awesome. A, and it's true. It was like it was like a perfect, a perfect storm of like, who is this guy? <laughs> He's such a beloved character too. <laughs> he is. Uh, I love Caius. He's a bro. So uh, just just to refresh my fifteen year old memory, is he the guy that has like somewhat triangular boobies and like almost like a corset type thing that's like, like basically just the top half of his chest is exposed? Is that right? No. No, the corset is actually just his abs. Oh, it's just the graphics, <laughs> yeah. right? Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. When things were not totally discernible. <laughs> yeah. Well, also your memory of like you know twenty years ago. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, what is he wearing? That is so weird looking. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. Character. Oh boy, he's great. Yeah, we love him. We we there's definitely more Caius as we go along. Caius accepts the package, reads over the coded message, and doesn't tell you much of anything, really. He asks you to agree to follow his orders, and brings you into the Order of the Blades, the Empire's Intelligence Division, and Order of Spies. Since you're the little person on the totem pole, you get to run around collecting information for Caius. He's interested in learning about a couple of local cults, the Sixth House and Nerevarine cults. But the informants won't give out the information for free, you have to do something in turn for them. Per the usual. Of course. For RPGs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't just go ask someone for information, they just give it to you. Like, that's not how these games work. <laughs> Wouldn't be much of a game if it did. Exactly. Haspat Anatolit. Antabolis. Yes. Uh, this is the part this is the part of the story where I get to say all of these really cool names and then can't say them because I've only ever read them in my head. <laughs> Antabolis. At the Fighters Guild in Balmora wants you to fetch him a Dwemer puzzle box from a nearby ruin of Arkenthend. In return, he gives you some notes for Caius and tells you a little bit about these cults. The Nerevarine cult is particular to the Ashlanders and is persecuted by the Temple. The Sixth House refers to House Dagoth, a lost house of the Dunmer, who betrayed the other great houses during the War of the First Council and were destroyed. 
The night after relaying this information, you have a strange dream. You could only recall one part. A tall figure with a golden mask led you among the dead as though to a wedding celebration. You heard many voices, but no lips moved. You strained to breathe, but your chest didn't move. The tall figure spoke with each figure as he passed among them, laughing and joking as if they were alive, but they made no reply. You tried to cry out, but without breath, your tongue fluttered in vain. Hmm. Dark. Yeah, that's not that's not ominous at all, is it? No, not, not in the slightest. <laughs> And your adventure continues. Sharn Gramuzga at the Mages Guild asks you to fetch the skull of Levule Andrano from the Andrano Ancestral Tomb with care not to upset, quote, the natives, unquote, who have, quote, backwards, unquote, prejudices about necromancy and tomb raiding. In return, she tells you that the Nerevarine cult believes the long-dead hero Nerevar will be reborn to cast down the false gods of the Tribunal Temple, restore the old ways, and drive the Outlanders out of Morrowind. The cult is outlawed, but the Ashlanders still hold it sacred. You have another dream. In your dream, a tall figure with a golden mask greeted you, saying, There are many rooms in the house of the Master. Be easy, for from the hands of your enemies I have delivered you. It seemed you had died and could see yourself laid upon a table lit by candles, but with your own hands you touched the figure, and the figure drew breath, opened eyes, and rose from the table. Then the room was gone, and the world filled with light, and you awoke. Hmm. Hmm. I... Suspicious. don't remember any of these, like, dream things, and I, I literally either. sat through and watched them, too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was going to say, if you haven't done, like, the main quest, I don't think the dreams show up unless you, like, are doing these parts in the main quest. Like, you know, after you start, you start asking questions of the informants, I think, if I remember correctly. So if you haven't, if you're playing and you haven't done anything with the main quest, you won't have the dreams yet. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. It, it, there is, like, an interesting narrative synchronicity with that. And so you go to Vivek City. And you gather more information from three different informants. After helping Andririnir avoid a census and excise agent, she tells you that she knows nothing about the Nerevarine cult, because it is just a silly superstition. You can tell Caius this. Nobody in her right mind pays any attention to this nonsense. Prophecies and ancient heroes reborn and other silliness. Fuzzy tales for little kitties. She's a Khajiit. I was going to say, I'm guessing she's a Khajiit. <laughs> yes, yes, she's a Khajiit. Great. But she knows. Great accent. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. thank you. <laughs> we both could tell immediately. Kashita <laughs> swears if you have coin. Uh, <laughs> but, but she knows about the sixth house because it's about smuggling. Some smart smugglers are certainly too busy for their old clients because they have a new employer, the sixth house, who pays very well. But what do they smuggle now? And Iranir doesn't know because they are very secret. And this is odd, because these smugglers are always loud and bragging, and now they hush up like fat-bellied kitties full of sweet meats. She doesn't know. She doesn't know what the Sixth House is smuggling. It's body parts, isn't it? Uh, it's certainly something not good. <laughs> Hulia needs help getting to his friend's bookshop and avoiding some racist Dunmer. After helping him, he will tell you that the Nerevarine cult is at the heart of the ancient conflict between the nomadic Ashlanders and the settled Great House Dunmer. Nerevar was a great hero who made promises to the Ashlander tribes. It is said that the power-hungry tribunal murdered Nerevar, set themselves up as gods, and broke all of the promises Nerevar had made. The cult is heretical and stamped out wherever it is found. He's never heard of the cult of the Sixth House, though he knows House Dagoth was betrayed, was rather destroyed. He says destroyed. Betrayed is 
That's an interesting Freudian slip. Anyway, was destroyed. <laughs> and the ancient head of that house, Degothur, is the devil of the tribunal faith. He's never heard of anyone worshipping Degothur, though. Hmm. Yeah, that that entire arc of helping him is just so funny. Just it is. All the, <laughs> just the casual racism that you walk into and you're like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, you're like, oh, good, goodness gracious. This is going to be a bar fight, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy, time to do some murder. I mean, you don't have to do murder, but, you know. But it's okay. fun. Yeah. If you if you do it the right way, you know, the game doesn't punish you for doing murder either. <laughs> exactly. Just walls of insults. That's all you got to do. Yes. That's all you got to do, man. Mayra Milo is the last contact in Vivek City who works in the library of Vivek. She doesn't have a task, but must speak with you in the most private place you can find, so she won't be observed or overheard. She considers Caius a friend, even if he is a Westerner, and he respects Morrowind and its traditions. Like herself and the dissident priests, he suspects the tribunal is hiding something. She tells you the temple worships Nerevar as a saint and a hero, but prophecies of reincarnation are punished with prejudice as wicked heresy. She tells you about a book that Caius will want to read about this. It is a book of the disputes of the dissident priests have with the tribunal doctrine, and the book is rare and hard to find. She also tells you that since the arrival of the Empire, some Dunmer have been leaving the temple faith, and this makes Degather stronger, which prompts the temple to take uncompromising stances against heresy. Because of Degather's increasing strength, the blight storms that should have been kept local only to Red Mountain by the ghost fence are spreading across the land. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> that still doesn't fully explain why the ordinators are such assholes. <laughs> uh, well, I, that you kind of get an idea about that later. I mean, they're the militant arm of the temple, so, you know, it makes sense. I mean, they're cops. Like, what are you going <laughs> to... Fair. Very fair. <laughs> Before you leave her, Mara tells you to let Caius know that she's afraid for herself, as the militant arm of the tribunal temple, namely the ordinators, is growing in strength. She suspects she will have to go into hiding. She gives you a code word that will indicate to you or Caius that she's in trouble. On your way back to Caius, camping out along the road, you have another dream. You dream that a tall figure with a golden mask spoke to you, but you understood, not a word. He smiled and seemed pleasant, but when he reached to touch you, it terrified you. And you tried to escape, but you couldn't move. You tried to cry out, but you couldn't make a sound. The figure kept smiling and talking, but you felt sure he was trying to cast some sort of spell on you. When you woke, you couldn't recall how the dream ended. You begin to think that maybe you should ask someone about these disturbing, vivid dreams. I'm getting these really weird nightmares, guys. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is kind of you know, is this normal? Like, yeah, it should be fine. Just, uh, yeah, just I wouldn't clear worry about up it. in a couple days. It's it's this, it's the same guy every time. Like, is, should I know this guy? Like, I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like uh, you're just letting your your imaginary friend from childhood get a little bit, you know, too in your head. That's uh oh. Yeah, that's all. You're, you're, Rut Rose. You're, you're sleeping at Caius's place again, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Did you play with what it was under his bed? <laughs> <laughs> you return to Caius and give him the information from the Vivek informant. I was right. And you tell him about your. <laughs> Sorry. I was right. It's, that's the truth. And you tell him about your strange dreams. He's a bit worried about you, wondering if you're losing it. He tells you to keep it together and not let anyone know you're having odd dreams. People around here might be disturbed, and you likely wouldn't like an agent of the Tribunal Temple to pay you a visit. Caius then tells you to meet with a retired Ashlander trader called Hasur Zain Subani in Aldrun, suggesting you find a good gift for him before asking about the Ashlanders in the Nerevarine cult. 
Zane Subani likes poetry and will happily accept a thoughtful gift for you to speak with him. In return, he shares some knowledge with you. Of the Nerevarine cult, he tells you, they worship the great Ashkan and Hortator, Nerevar, Moon and Star, who in ages past destroyed the evil, godless dwarves and banished the treacherous Dagothur and his foul hosts beneath Red Mountain. But the cult is only of small consequence in Ashlander worship. Only among the Urshilaku do its followers have any influence. Other Ashlander tribes share the sentiments of the cult, but regard the Nerevarine prophecies with suspicion and skepticism. He has heard it said that the Nerevarine prophecies foretell the return of a reincarnated Nerevar, who shall drive the foreigners from the Ashlands, and who shall cast down the false gods of the temple and restore the true worships of the ancestors. Hmm. It is a dream that would appeal to many an Ashlander, but it is thought as a silly ancient legend, and little more, by many others, himself included. As for the Urshalaku, they are a tribe of Ashlanders that tend to camp on the northern coast of Vardenfell. Their Ashkan, or leader, is the warrior protector of the Nerevarine cult. While asleep on the silt strider back to Balmora, you dream a singular dream. It's as vivid as before, but stranger in its tenor. In your dreams, a tall figure in a golden mask spoke to you. Lord Nerevar Induril, High Resdanya. Long forgotten, forged anew, three belied you, three betrayed you. One you betrayed was three times true. Lord Vorin Dagoth, Dagother, steadfast liegeman, faithful friend, bids you come and climb Red Mountain. Beneath Red Mountain, once again, break your bonds, shed cursed skin, and purge the Inwa from Morrowind. <laughs> uh, I love uh, the use of Inwa so frequently. I know, this game. it's so good. <laughs> It's also kind of, it's also just kind of, it's kind of amusing to me to think of, you know, Degothar, like, you know, he's just this, with the poetry and the heroic vernacular, and that, which you'll see more of later, and, you know, all of this stuff, and then he just says Inwa, right? Like, <laughs> it's just, what does Inwa mean? It's uh, a racial slur of anybody that's not Ashlander, or from oh. Morrowind. Or from Morrowind, Yeah. So outsider or yeah, yeah, outsider. You know, yeah. you could gloss it in many ways, but basically, it's a it's a slur against outlanders. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's just it's just very interesting to me. That's like all this and then moi right there, and you're like, huh? Okay. I mean, that works. I get it, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jerk. It's like it's like royalty using like hillbilly yeah and like, and like very a... very informal like you have this like you know high you know uh, very elite speaking upper class person who just suddenly like drops into like you know modern day slang like like <laughs> using <laughs> internet speech like you know <laughs> that would be glorious. it's just like it's, it's just a little bit like that where it's like it's not wrong but it's also like just really weird in context like i don't know anyway you return to Caius with the Zane Subani's information and some notes, and he tells you to hold on to those notes about the Ashlanders since he's sending you to speak to the Urshalaku in the north of Vardenfell. He also reveals why he's so interested in this information, or rather, why the Emperor is so interested. And indeed, this is why you are here. He gives you the decoded package that you delivered way back when it was still in code, but he's decoded it for you to read, and it turns out you might satisfy these Nerevarian prophecies. The letter tells Caius that you, an individual of no rank or consequence, have been released from prison by his majesty's authority, and that you should be instated to the blades under Caius's authority, except as the emperor's wishes are concerned. Quote, 
A local superstition holds that an orphan and outcast, a youth born on a certain day to uncertain parents, shall unite all the tribes of the Dunmer, drive out the invaders of Morrowind, and shall reestablish the ancient laws and customs of the dark elven nations. This orphan and outcast is called in legend the Nerevarine, is supposed to be a reincarnation of the long-dead Dunmer general and first counselor, Lord Indoril Nerevar. PC name, has the appearance of meeting the conditions of this local superstition. <laughs> Therefore, it is his majesty's desire that PC name shall, insofar as is possible, satisfy the conditions of this ancient prophecy and shall become the Nerevarine. Though this prophecy is indeed only an ancient local superstition, his majesty has taken counsel on this matter with his most expert informants and confidants, and his majesty is persuaded that the prophecy is genuine and significant, either in its entirety or in its several parts, and he earnestly demands you treat this matter with the utmost seriousness." Unquote. And this was all given to you by Caius, right? Yep. Yeah, Caius yeah. gives you the message so that you, you now get it. <laughs> this, this is what this is about. This weird colonialist imperialist bullshit. That's what this is about. And keep in mind that the guy saying this is shirtless. Yep. Just <laughs> absolutely ripped and shirtless. And probably high as fuck on skooma. I mean, you don't know. <laughs> right. He's holding it together really well, but you don't know. Well, you may not know that at all. <laughs> right. Yeah, God, I just am thinking, like, what is that actually like, you know, to have just some random guy who's shirtless sitting here telling it, like, oh, hey, by the way, um, we <laughs> think that you're this, like, prophesied, you know, important person, and all you have to do is unite all these people and do all this stuff that's, like, impossible. So anyway. Takes a hit off the scuba pipe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, you're a crazy person. Yeah. Um, Dude, could you at least put a shirt on? I am getting distracted by your pecs constantly flexing. Yeah. I just imagine, like, while you're gone, Caius is just, like, doing all kinds of push-ups and sit-ups. And just, like, that's just what he does, like, in his spare time. And it's just like, man. Dude. What I was going to say is, like, what I love about this, too, is that, like, depending on what the player actually does, he's either just a crazy skooma addict or he's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's Schrodinger's uh, hero, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like Sidaikaius and just like take your leave. <laughs> okay. What is the emperor? Is the emperor okay? I'm sorry. I'm actually just on a mission to steal every single possession of this, of every single person in this entire town. I could care less about your prophecy. <laughs> See you yeah. later. You could just turn around so I can steal your pillow. Exactly. Yeah. You, you, you wonder if the emperor is like, is the emperor going mad? Like what? What? <laughs> like who? who what, what steward wrote this? Like what Chamberlain signed off on this? Like okay. I mean, guess he's the emperor, but okay. <laughs> right. This escalated really quickly from a fetch quest. Yeah. Oh god. It's like I have to be the hero now? I was just robbing everyone blind. <laughs> so off you go to meet with the Urshilaku, armed with the knowledge that Ashlanders will only feel like speaking to you, if not welcoming you after thoughtful gifts, you bring items like trauma root and quama eggs and also some gold as tribute. You are told to speak... Cash money! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just kind of funny. It's like, you know, bring a thoughtful gift, but the game is just like... I mean, you could bribe them. You could just give them money and they'll let you in. Like like a thousand gold a person. You're just like, making it rain, guys! (laughs) Yep, here you go. Here's some gold. That makes everyone happy. You are told to speak with Zabamund, a Gulakan of the Ashkan. 
You tell Zabamun of your desire to speak with the Ashkan, make a very generous gift of gold, and the Gulakan will announce you to Ashkan Sulmatul. Sulmatul is uncertain of you, seeing as you are an outlander, but is willing to let you attempt a rite of passage to become clan friend of the Urshalaku. If you pass the rite, then he will speak to you of the Nevering cult, for you will have proved your worth. He tasks you with going to the Urshalaku burial caverns to find his father's bow, bring that bow back, and he will make you clan friend. So, you go to the burial grounds, and after a while, find the place where Sulmatu's father, Sul Senapul, was interred. He's rather restless, so you must do battle with the wraith in order to retrieve the bow. Once defeated, the bow in hand, you return to Sulmatul, and he makes you clan friend of the Urshalaku. He allows you to keep the bow, and you are now welcome amongst the tribe and may speak to Nibani Mesa, the Urshalaku wise woman. You just loot some, some burial ground, and you're like, hey, I got this thing. This is good, right? Like, yeah, this is good. I also Meanwhile, they're calling my thousands of gold behind their back. I, I was thinking that, that Sulmatul was sending you there, like, in expectations that you'd just get fucking killed. And they oh. wouldn't have to worry about you anymore. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's like you turn up with the bow and he's just like, oh, well, okay. Hmm. That's odd. How come my dad's wraith didn't kill you? Like, what's up with that? <laughs> you can't be that powerful, can you? Uh... <laughs> I have save states. I am, I am that powerful. Power. Yeah, you have Chim. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, wise woman Nibadi Mesa has many questions for you. And you have some for her. You tell her of your disturbing dreams and she interprets them for you, telling you that Sharmat Dagath-Ur sends these dreams and that they are lies and tricks to beguile and seduce you. She points out that he calls you Nerevar and the dream of the Nerevarine is a powerful and dangerous one for both you and her people. She questions you intensely, testing you against the prophecies of the Nerevarine, and you copy down the verses of prophecy she relates to you. She tells you the seven visions of the seven trials of the Nerevarine. The seven trials. What he puts his hand to, that shall be done. What is left undone, that shall be done. First trial. On a certain day to uncertain parents, incarnate moon and star reborn. Second trial. Neither blight nor age can harm him. The curse of flesh before him flies. Third trial. In caverns dark, Azura's eye sees and makes to shine the moon and star. Fourth trial. A stranger's voice unites the houses. Three halls call him Hortator. Fifth trial. A stranger's hand unites the Velothi. Four tribes call him Nerevarine. Sixth trial. He honors blood of the tribe unmourned. He eats their sin and is reborn. Seventh trial. His mercy frees the cursed false gods, binds the broken, redeems the mad. One destiny. He speaks the law for Velos people. He speaks for their land and names them great. And then she tells you the stranger. When earth is sundered and skies choked black, the sleepers serve the seven curses. To the hearth there comes a stranger journeying far neath moon and star. Though stark born to sire uncertain, his aspect marks his certain fate. Wicked stalk him, righteous curse him, prophets speak, but all deny. Many trials make manifest the stranger's fate, the curse's bane. Many touchstones try the stranger. Many fall, but one remains. I mean, do they have the right guy? <laughs> the right person? <laughs> Is this what? <laughs> Surely it's not that one that's going around stealing all the pillows. Yeah, it's not. It can't be that guy. Like, what? That guy. It's definitely not that it guy. It can't be that guy. <laughs> uh, I, I have to say, I just really love The Stranger. It's so good. And the many fall, but one remains at the end just gives me goosebumps every single time. And that's the line that's at the beginning in the intro as well. It's, it's good. It's just, the writing is so good. Oh, it's it's incredible. 
It's so good. I mean, it sounds like a high fantasy book, not a video game. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, yeah, basically. Yeah, it's basically epic fantasy masquerading as a video game. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You just get to place through it instead of just reading it. Or not. Or not. I guess you don't have to read if you don't want to. You can just just steal all the pillows. And... uh... Some of us are very simple, okay? Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I see pillow, I take it. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's books in this game. Like, I will take all of the books, and I just start stacking them in Caius's house. And by the time, you know, we reach a point later in the story, fucking, there's just all of these st- stacks of books. Like, Caius is trapped by books. <laughs> that's that's my vice. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing. In the end, Nibani Mesa tells you, you are not the Nerevarine. You are one who may become the Nerevarine. It is a puzzle, and a hard one. But you have found some of the pieces, and you may find more. Do you choose to be the Nerevarine? Then seek the lost prophecies among the dissident priests of the temple. Find the lost prophecies, bring them to me, and I will be your guide. And take these copies of The Stranger and the Seven Visions. Now, I have told you all I know. Go, think on what I have told you, and do what must be done. You return to Caius and tell him you don't pass the test, but Nibani Mesa may understand more if she has a copy of the Lost Prophecies. Whatever those are. Caius tells you that's on the back burner for now. The next assignment will be a doozy. An Imperial Legion patrol stumbled upon a sixth house base near Narmok. There was only one survivor who died of corpus disease shortly after returning to base. Before he died, he spoke of fighting monsters and cultists in the caverns, and some ravings about a sixth house priest called Dagoth Garys. Hmm. Oh, This is going. This is going well. This 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 can't go badly. Like this is fine. Right. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. No problem. These people definitely want to keep us alive. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to kill me. You go to Buckmoth Legion Fort to learn more. Champion Reza Puglia tells you about the soldier's horrible death, and that he called the place that they fought the cultists Ilunibi, which is not on the maps. She suggests that you ask locals about it. She also tells you that the one soldier did not escape by chance, but that the man-creature Dagoth Garys allowed him to leave. He told the trooper he was being spared, so that he might tell others that the sleeper awakes, and the sixth house has risen, and Dagothur is lord, and I am his priest, and all will be one with him in the flesh. She tells you they did not recognize the soldier when he returned, and that he rambled and raved like a madman until he died. Hmm. <laughs> I feel like this is a common plot point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is, this is fine. This is fine. In Narmak, you find out about the caverns called Ilunibi, and you go there. Inside are monstrous beings twisted by corporis and other strange-looking half-mare creatures. There are, too, raving Dunmer dreamers. Half-mad and ravening, the going is tough, but at last you come to the deepest part of the cavern to confront Dagathgaris. Interestingly, he is rather cordial to you and strikes up conversation, greeting you as Lord Nerevar and wishing that you had come to honor his lord's friendship and not betray it. He tells you Dagothur would rather have you as a friend than an enemy and bids you come to him. He even has a message for you from his lord and master. It reads, Lord Nerevar Doril, hi, Rizdanya, my lord, friend, and companion. Once we were friends and brothers, Lord Nerevar, in peace and in war. No houseman ever served you better or more faithfully. Much that I did was at your command, at great cost to myself and my honor. 
Yet beneath Red Mountain you struck me down as I guarded the treasure you bound me by oath to defend. It was a cruel blow, a bitter betrayal, to be felled by your hand. But, remembering our old friendship, I would forgive you and raise you high in my service. The sixth house was not dead but only sleeping. Now we wake from our long dream, coming forth to free Morrowind of foreign rulers and divine pretenders. When the land is swept clean of false friends and greedy thieves, the children of Veloth will build anew a garden of plenty in this blighted wasteland. Come to Red Mountain, old friend, for the fellowship and honor that once we shared, I would grant you counsel and power, if only you would pledge that friendship anew. The path to Red Mountain is long and filled with danger, but if you are worthy, you will find their wisdom, a firm friend, and all the power you need to set the world aright. As ever, your respectful servant and loyal friend, Lord Vorin Dagoth, Dagoth Ur. Hmm. This letter is so good. <laughs> it is. Ah, it's so good. And having to read it out loud, yeah, that's really hard to read. Yeah, there's to like read to it. It's one of those things like when you read it over, it's like, oh yeah, this is fine, and then you're like, wow, there's some like really interesting like slant rhyme and alliteration going on in here. <laughs> right. Dagoth Ur spent a lot of time writing this letter. It was very important to him. Uh. And I beg your forgiveness, Nagathur, for messing it up. <laughs> I was more commenting on like how hard it would be to like do that just improv. So oh no, yeah, like yeah, it's. Want me to read this? You're an asshole. <laughs> oh no. Yes, very. God, and the writing's just so good. It's just I love the writing. In this that's why I just like kept putting it whole cloth instead of like summarizing it in some parts because I'm like, man, it's just 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 too good. It's too good. Fair. Totally. In the end, you strike down Dagothgaris. With his dying breath, he smiles and curses you. Even as my master wills, you shall come to him in his flesh and of his flesh, he says. Ominous, and you don't feel very well after that. <laughs> On the way back to Caius, the sick feeling settles, proving itself something more than a reaction to ominous words. You have contracted corporis, the divine disease which causes twisted growths and mutations, warping those who contract it and causing them to lose their minds in humanity. This is incredibly not great news. This part, when I first played it, was like, oh no. Right? Oh no. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> Corpus real bad. Well, they've definitely done a good job of establishing at that point that it's not something you want. Yeah, you, t you definitely don't, don't want that. You don't want it uh, real bad. Caius says he'll canvas his informants for information about treating the disease, because so far as everyone knows, corpus is incurable and necessarily fatal. A yes. Yeah, right. After asking around, Caius will tell you that he's heard. The ancient Telvanni wizard Diveth Fear has been studying corpus. He's your best chance for treatment, if not a cure, and you're to go there immediately, at once. Caius even gives you some levitation potions you'll need for uh, visiting a Telvanni tower, and a Dwemer coherer, which might sweeten the wizard's disposition towards you. Yeah, you... Just don't touch my skumo pipe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just take this stuff. Just don't touch the skumo, okay? Don't touch. Just don't. You go to Telfir, <laughs> the mushroom tower home of Diveth Fear, and you meet with his daughters, which is a whole thing. Oh, Is it? <laughs> yes. He calls, them, he calls these women his daughters, but they're actually clones. They're like female oh. clones. It's a whole. Oh. It's a whole thing. It's very fun. <laughs> if we do a, a side, like world fucking what 
we could probably talk about that. Yes, part. <laughs> it's it's like there are so many things that I'm just like, yeah, this is a thing. Just know it's a thing. And maybe one day we can come back and talk about it. Uh, but but not this day. Uh, so you meet his daughters, and then you talk to the man himself. He's intrigued by the Dwemer coherer and pleased when you'd give it to him, but observes that it was very shrewd of you to come offering gifts. Upon explaining why you've come, he tells you that Corpus is definitely, unfortunately incurable. And the temple demands that he keep anyone infected in the corpusarium below his tower. He asks if you've heard of the Nerevarine prophecies. Ashlanders say the Nerevarine will be immune to the disease, he says. I've always thought, maybe I have the Nerevarine down in my corpusarium, and I don't even know it. <laughs> the Nerevarine is a fat, <laughs> disgusting corpus monster, and mad as a marsh rat. Wouldn't that be funny? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Uh-huh. <laughs> So we give him this gift, and his, you know, thank you is by throwing us into a, a pit, basically. I mean, yeah. yeah well, I mean, it's kind of... When you tell him that you may fulfill the Nerevarine prophecies, he becomes a little more interested in you. That's a fascinating story you tell. So, you might be the Nerevarine, he says. Means nothing, of course. Corpora's victims have all sorts of delusions. But, let me think. I have a potion... In theory, it should cure Corpus. Doesn't work, though. Probably kill you. Killed all my test what? subjects. But you've got nothing to lose. But before he gives it's... you... Th <laughs> what? Sorry. I'm sorry, I'm just... It's a cure, but actually it's only killed every single <laughs> yeah. person he's ever tried it on. Yeah. But it's a cure. It's a cure. It just I definitely mean... doesn't work. This is like this is like that, that Thomas Edison quote, right? It's like, I haven't failed. I've just found a thousand ways not to make a Corpus cure. Yeah, found a thousand this ways is, to kill my volunteers. Yeah, this is this is a cure in the same way that a bullet cures cancer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I didn't want to no. interrupt. I just what? <laughs> yep. Yep. Basically, hmm, this is we're just ignoring this. <laughs> do you want? Do you want to try to be cured or not? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not like that! <laughs> Before he gives you the potion, he wants you to go down to the corpusarium to understand what's in store for you if you don't try to take the potion, which will probably kill you. Also, he asks you to pick up a pair of boots from one of the victims living down there. Yagram Bagarn, my oldest patient, he says. Handy fellow, fixes things for me. You go into the corpusarium, taking great care not to disturb or provoke or fight with the victims there, and certainly not killing anyone. That's a big no-no. All of that's a big no-no. You finally reach Yagram Bagarn. He is sick and bloated from the effects of corpus, and his lower half is a spider-like device of Dwemer make. In fact, Yagram is the last of the Dwemer. He was a master crafter in the service of chief tonal architect Lord Kagradak. He doesn't know what happened to his kinsfolk, as he had been in, the, in an outer realm at the time. When I came back, he says, my people were gone. I left Red Mountain, wandering Tamriel for years, searching our deserted colonies, looking for a survivor or an explanation. Then, a long, long time ago, I returned to Red Mountain, still looking for answers. Instead, I found corpus disease, and I have been here ever since. He has some theories on what happened, and will share these with you, if you're interested. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, the last of... Uh... His kind, hanging out in the yep. corpus, corpse museum. Yep, doomed, <laughs> doomed to die. <laughs> so, and I think in later games, the Dwemer are gone, gone, gone. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, they're basically gone, gone here as well. There's just hap 
Yagram's here for some reason. He didn't get vanished or whatever happened to the Dwemer since nobody knows. But yeah, they're gone, sure. gone. Interesting. I didn't even know you could meet a Dwemer in any of these games. Yep. That's cool. Yep. Yep. He's hidden down there and yeah, good conversationalist. He'll tell you some stuff, but he has no idea what happened. <laughs> <laughs> wild that's amazing yeah it's it's pretty cool it's like one of those things where you're just like oh like oh like we have evidence that the dwemer were around because you know they i mean their <laughs> things are still working evidence. you know like all of their all of their outposts are still working like all of their stuff you know, like you know people make study of this but it's like oh there's a guy he just happens to not know anything about what happened and it's just a, and he got sick he returned to red mountain when Degather was doing his thing and it was like boom corpus disease it's like it's like if you're you're wandering around and then like you come back home and and you get cancer yeah <laughs> from being home That's... it's it, it's just like yeah i walked back into my childhood home and boom i got sick immediately uh that that sucks yeah no kidding uh sorry the only thing that came to mind when you said cancer was do you see the size of my prostate cuz i know what the what the model looks like <laughs> That just makes it so much worse. <laughs> for the oh my god, um, yeah, for the <laughs> last uh, Dwemer. Yep, he's like a super bloated guy. Yeah, he's oh. super yeah, bloated. He's, yeah, he's very very sick, bloated with corpus. Still not mad yet. Maybe, I mean, he could still repair stuff. But yeah, he's not doing so good. <laughs> but after you finish conversing with him, Yagram gives you the boots, and you return to Diveth Fear. He takes the boots and says he'll give you the potion, but you must stand right there before him and drink it. It'll work immediately, after all, and he needs to make notes for science. You drink the potion, and it works! Even Diveth Fear is surprised, though no less pleased. If this potion works on you, it might work on other patients. However, you're not entirely cured. You still have corporis, but all the negative symptoms have been halted in their tracks and reversed. No mutations or growths, no madness, and you are now immune to every disease in existence. Isn't that grand? Wow. I mean, sweet. You know, the cliff racers are still going to try and give you all of their diseases. Oh, they try, but it just like <laughs> slides off you like water off the back of a duck. That's. <laughs> <laughs> That is huge in this game. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's, it's very convenient. Once you get to this point, you're like, oh, I can't get sick? Dope. <laughs> I'm not going to be blighted by every cliff racer from oh. here to, you know, Dagon Fell. Yeah, no more carrying all of these fucking cure disease potions. Just mm -hmm. drop them on the ground. <laughs> Just toss them on the ground as you leave. <laughs> Tell fear. Um <laughs> You return to Caius with the good news. He's happy to hear you've been cured. Cured, air quotes. But has some bad news. He's been recalled to the Imperial City. Internal politics, he says, and concern about his sugar. He thinks it's probably tied up with the succession, as the Emperor's health has been failing and factions are maneuvering to take advantage of his looming death. Caius had considered refusing the call. But uh, he has family back in the Imperial City, whom he doesn't want to endanger. He promotes you to Operative of the Blades, making you the ranking officer in Vardenfell, as far as you know, because there could be other spies, because spies. He tells you to continue to, he tells you to, continue to pursue the Nerevarine prophecies per the Emperor's wishes, to take his old gear and keep the house for him while he's gone. He might be gone for a long time. Like, 
never coming back. Like, never gone. coming back. This was devastating. I was devastated by this when I first played the game. I couldn't believe. I was like, but Caius, you're like my bro. Like, like we've, <laughs> y- you've dealt with my stacks of books and things. And <laughs> what? You can't leave. I mean, thanks for the house, but you can't leave. You'll just remember these pecs when I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's really not the same once he's gone it's it's wild how like it just the house seems so empty you know without his pecs taking up all that room (laughs) (laughs) sorry it's just too funny it is too funny it is too funny we love Caius like seriously we do uh he's great and uh, bye Caius very sad before he leaves, Caius tells you to return to Vivek City and meet with Mara Milo and ask her about the lost prophecies. If anyone can find them for you, it would be her. But she's being watched. Remember the code words she gave you and help her if she's gotten into trouble. You say your farewells to Caius. In Vivek City, nobody's seen Mara Milo for a while. After some investigation, you find a letter with her code word for trouble. The letter implies she's been taken to the Ministry of Truth, the small meteor floating above the city, to be interrogated. She asks you to bring divine intervention scrolls and to speak to one of the guards in this letter. You levitate up to the ministry and speak with the guard, who says she'll let you in and make it look like you subdued her in order to break into the prison. From here, you have to sneak through the ministry to where Mayra is being held. She's glad to see you, and even more glad you brought divine intervention scrolls, which will allow her to escape to nearby Ebenhard. She says that she will help you, but it's safer for you to travel separately and speak later at a place called Holomayan, the home of the dissident priests. She tells you to meet with a woman on the docks of old Ebenhart, tell her Mara sent you, and that you want to go fishing. The woman will then bring you to Holomayan, but the entrance is guarded by magic and you will need to speak to the monk on the docks for the key to passing it. You teleport out with one of your scrolls and follow Mara's instructions, arriving at last at Holomayan. The monk on the docks tells you how to approach the door, but that the magic shield opens only at dawn and dusk. You wait until the appropriate time and enter to find Mara Milo and the de facto head of the dissident priests, Gilvas Barillo. Gilvas is grateful that you helped Mara escape the Ministry of Truth and is willing to help you. He tells you of the Apocrypha, the hidden writings of the temple, secrets known only to the highest ranking priests and inquisitors. In defiance of the temple, the dissident priests, as they are collectively called, gathered much of the Apocrypha as they could and stored it in Holomayan. They find it reprehensible that the temple hierarchy and the gods themselves hide the truth from their followers. Gilvas has studied these hidden texts and is able to give you selections that may be the lost prophecies Nabani Mesa spoke of. One is called the Lost Prophecy. From seventh sign of eleventh generation, neither hound nor guar nor seed nor harrow, but dragon-born and far-star-marked, outlander incarnate beneath Red Mountain, blessed guest counters seven curses, star-blessed hand wields thrice-cursed blade to reap the harvest of the unmourned house. The other is called the seven curses. First curse, curse of fire. Second curse, curse of ash. Third curse, curse of flesh. Fourth curse, curse of ghosts. Fifth curse, curse of seeds. Sixth curse, curse of despair. Seventh curse, curse of dreams. He interprets these to you as best he can, though he says the Ashlanders likely will have better interpretations. The first indicates an outlander, foreign-born but welcomed as a guest, confronts seven curses beneath Red Mountain. His hand, blessed by Azura, uses a cursed blade to bring justice to House Dagoth or House Dwemer, or both. 
The second is more uncertain. Seven curses from the House Dagoth or House Dwemer or both. Fire and ash come from Red Mountain. Flesh is corpus. Ghost seed and despair are unclear, but curse of dreams seems to refer to the recent cases of soul sickness and sleeper attacks in the towns. Hmm. Here I thought you just had to antagonize the people to attack you. They get more aggressive later? Oh yeah, they just start straight up attacking you at some point. Oh. Like They like jump out of the shadows and are like, you know... <laughs> Dagothar's Lord or something, and then they like try to attack you. Yeah, they get really mad. Um, also, dreamers start showing up in different places at this point. Um, after you've been to Illinibi, um, there'll be like random dreamers on the side of the road that'll attack you. It looks like they're like harassing the locals and attacking travelers. It's very cool environmental storytelling. Oh, that's awesome. I, I gotta play this game a little bit further then. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, cool stuff starts to happen, but yeah, the 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 sleepers and the dreamers start to get way more aggressive as the game goes on, uh, especially if you don't free them. Uh, this I don't go into this in this in this particular telling of the story, which is to say, like, there are many different ways you could approach these quests. I'm just kind of giving one version of how you can approach uh, some of these things, like how you talk to people, especially later on with the trials for Hortator and Nervarine. We will get there. But there's a whole bunch of other stuff that you can do. You can, at night, um, some of the townspeople will say weird things to you. These are the sleepers. They have the soul sickness. Um, they're sort of like mind controlled by Dagother and like, you know, at night. They will eventually become dreamers, probably. But you can free them. You can free them of this influence by taking out sixth base sixth house bases around Vardenfell. And the people like they know when they've been freed. So like after you've defeated, like, you know, you've cleared out a sixth house base, um, and you go to talk to one of the sleepers that is in that area, like they know, like they know that they have been under some kind of spell and that you've lifted it and they're grateful. And that's like a whole side quest uh, that you can do while you're running around doing all this other stuff. Oh, boy. I didn't even know anything about that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really cool. It's really cool. It, and it makes you feel like you're kind of part of the world, right? Like you're not just doing all this stuff. Like what you do in choosing to help these people, like it feels like you have an impact on the world around you. That's awesome. Yeah. it's it's. When did this game come out, just as a reminder? Uh, what? 2002. Yeah. <laughs> Devin amazing. was on the year and the month <laughs> last time. Yeah. Was, was yeah. I was. It was pretty good. Don't remember now. That's like out of my brain, but 2002. Yeah, I think it was May. Was it May? May 1st. May 1st. May that, uh, See, I told you. Yeah. On it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it, there's a lot here. And of course, you know, it's not voiced. Like, it's you, you read all this. But they could put so much in it when you're oh, not yeah. restricted by, you know, uh, having a fully voiced anything. Like, you could just make every character distinct and, like, have all of this lore. And it's very cool. But are you ready for some real lore? Like, are you ready? Are you ready for the big lore drop? Heck yeah. <laughs> oh, boy, here we go. Gilvas also gives you a document called Kagranax Tools. This document holds the terrible secret of the Tribunal Temple, which they've kept hidden from their followers. The true history of the gods and the corrupt nature of their divine powers. To keep this secret is why the temple persecutes believers in the Nerevarine prophecies. Quote, Beneath Red Mountain, Dwemer miners discovered a great magical stone. By diverse methods, Lord Kagranact, high priest of, and mage crafter of the ancient Dwemer, determined that this magical stone was the heart of the god Lorcan, cast here in the Dawn Era as a punishment for his mischief in creating the mortal world determined to use its divine powers to create a new god, 
for the exclusive benefit of the Dwemer, Kagranak forged three great enchanted artifacts, which are called Kagranak's tools. Wraithguard is an enchanted gauntlet to protect its wearer from destruction when tapping the heart's power. Sunder is an enchanted hammer to strike the heart and produce the exact volume and quality of power desired. Keening is an enchanted blade that is used to flay and focus the power that rises from the heart. When Kagranak used these tools on the heart in the Battle of Red Mountain, no one knows what happened, but the Dwemer race disappeared entirely from the mortal world. Lord Nerevar and Lord Dagoth retrieved these tools and didn't know what to do with them. Nerevar asked Dagoth to guard the tools, why he went to consult with his counselors, Vivek, Omalexia, and Sothasil. He left and spoke with his three counselors, and they decided to return together to Red Mountain to decide what to do. But while Nerevar was gone, Dagoth was tempted and confused by the powers of the tools. When Nerevar and his counselors arrived, he refused to give up the tools, claiming that he had sworn to Nerevar to protect them. Then Dagoth fought with Nerevar and the counselors and was mortally wounded and driven off, and the tools were recovered. Then Nerevar and his counselors decided to take the tools for safekeeping. They all swore a great oath never to use the tools, but after Nerevar's death, Vivek, Almalexia, and Sothasil yielded to temptation. They took these tools themselves and went to Lorcan's heart, buried beneath Red Mountain, and gave themselves divine powers. But Dagoth had not died. We don't know what happened, but this is what we believe. His experiments with Kagranak's tools had joined him to the heart's divine nature in some way, so that he learned to draw power directly from the heart. We conjecture that Dagother, driven by anger and greed, used the heart without caution and restraint, and as a result, he has become terribly powerful and terribly mad. But the tribunal showed great care and restraint in their use of the tools, and so they were not driven mad, and they did many good things. Nonetheless, the tribunal too appear to have been corrupted by the heart's power, though more subtly. Kagranek's tools are cursed. Stealing power from the heart of a god is a terrible folly and fated to disaster. The tribunal is losing its battle to control the power of the heart. They are sustained by the same tainted power that drives Dagothur mad. They grow weak, and they cannot protect us from Dagothur. But even if they could, would we be wise to worship gods such as these? They conceal the truth from us out of shame. They persecute the Nerevarine and the dissident priests out of shame when they should be welcoming them and enlisting their aid against Dagothur. The tribunal have done much good for Morrowind and the Dunmer, but they succumb to the temptation of Kagranak's tools, and though these tools once may have seemed the instruments of salvation, now they must be seen as instruments of doom. Hmm. <laughs> and worth noting, this is only one version of that story. There are multiple versions of the story that you can read or hear throughout the game, um, and they all, and they're all subtly different. Like everybody, like it, it's sort of like you know today, like everybody has a version of the story that like you know they choose like to promote or whatever. Like um, this version is like, well, Nerevar died, <laughs> and some people are like, oh well, Dagothur, like he was wounded by Dagothur and he died of those wounds. Like and the you know the tribunal just kind of were like trying to honor his wishes or something, maybe or maybe not. Uh, maybe they were just greedy. Who knows? And then there's another version that's like, oh yeah, th the counselors killed him. One of them, you know, who was it? it? I don't know that there's a version that specifically says Sothasil did it, but like Vivek has been accused. Obelixia has been accused. Like it's somebody killed him. Probably. It seems like murder more than, you know, death wounds. But I mean, it's never, what's never the word? Specified. Yeah, it's never, it's never confirmed or specified. And that's by design uh, in the oral history of Morrowind. A bunch of different developers that worked on the project talk about that. That like it was by design that they wanted the stories to be conflicting. They wanted the player to be able to 
read these, you know, hear these different stories and then try and draw their own conclusions from it. And maybe you don't draw a conclusion. Maybe it's just a mystery forever, but you can choose which version you think is the most, you know, for your own story. You could choose which version you believe. That's a very brave choice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love it. Smart too. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's like very smart. Like, because it's like, oh, well, you know, we've left this open and it's cool for the player, but then it's also just like, wow, like, this emulates real history in ways that at the time that this came out and the time that I played it, like I'd never seen that happen. Like even in the, the, like the epic and heroic fantasy I was reading at the time, nothing emulated this. Maybe Tolkien's legendarium a little bit, but that's kind of like an outlier in most like modern stuff. I hadn't seen anything that emulated like real history where it's like, well, what's the real truth? Like nobody was there. Nobody remembers. We just have all of these different versions, you know, mm. it's very cool in my opinion. I, I like Super it. Super cool. Absolutely. And so you take this knowledge to Nabati Mesa and the north of Vardenfell. She needs time to think on this and ask you to return to her later. You wait, spending time with the Urshilaku, adventuring across Vardenfell, and return to Nibani for her judgment. After consulting with the ancestors and meditating on these things, Nibani believes that you may be the Nerevarine, but you still have trials to pass. You must lift the seven curses, walk the path of the seven visions, and pass the seven trials. The first trial you already pass, born on a certain day to uncertain parents, and the second you are now functionally immortal, immune to all disease, and have defeated corpus she tells you to speak but you really i mean basically i mean you're not going to go mad and you're not going to be ugly it's fine (laughs) you're functionally immortal you're just a carrier now it'll be fine yeah you're just a carrier now it's it's fine (laughs) (laughs) your corpus carl i (laughs) so are you aware of that in the in the game that you can get other people sick no that's not a thing yeah that's not a thing that's that's i mean that's a joke oh, oh okay i was thinking that was a real thing the basically the way the game presents it is like yeah you can't spread it like you have it but it's just sort of like well it's like people who carry um uh, uh like things like strep throat and stuff like that like it doesn't affect you like you're fine um of course with strep you can you can give it to other people um but there are other things you, know, you can't so it's like that so it's a bit like gotcha you're you're, you're you're you have it but you can't spread it oh okay yeah cool so yeah uh, Nibani tells you to speak with Ashkod Sulmatul about the third trial. You do so. And Sulmatul says that before he tells you of the third trial, he wants you to pass a warrior's test. He wishes you to cleanse the halls of Lost Kogarun, the ancient stronghold of the Sixth House, buried beneath the lava flows of Red Mountain. He tells you to bring three prizes from that place. Corpus weepings, a Sixth House cup, and a shadow shield from the tomb of Degoth Morin. Kogarun is an ancient and dangerous stronghold where the six house roots have been have grown deep into the ash and stone. The way is not easy, and the way is not short. You fight your way through the old stronghold, slaying all who try to oppose you, and eventually you take away all three prizes Sulmatul demanded. When you return, Sumatul is pleased and congratulates you and tells you of the third trial. You must visit the Cavern of the Incarnate, whose location is hidden in a riddle. The eye of the needle lies in the teeth of the wind. The mouth of the cave lies in the skin of the pearl. The dream is the door, and the star is the key. Once you have found this place, you must find the moon and star of prophecy and return it to Nabani Mesa. You have already proven yourself a warrior, but in doing this, you will have passed Wisdom's Test and the third trial. And boy, Hmm. is this place really fucking hard to find. (laughs) Yeah, the instructions unclear. Got stuck in the alleyway. 
don't yeah. Think. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very it's it's like a great like once you know where it is, the riddle is very good. Like, but playing it on original S- Xbox, like back when it was like, I have no what? What does any of this mean? Where am I supposed to go? <laughs> Even looking up a guide, it's like I am lost. I don't know. I tried I tried to follow the instructions in the guide and I don't know where I'm going. It's a really good test to see if you are the Nerevarine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I failed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, and what's really funny about it is like, I always struggle, but like this last time that I've played it, like this most recent time that I've played it, I've run into it on accident four times before I've even gotten to this part of the game. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> You are the Neverine. Which is possible. Like, if you're playing the game and you're just exploring, you can very potentially just run into this place before you're supposed to. You can't go in. Um, like, you you can't, you know, progress in that way. But uh, you can find it. And if you remember where it is, you can find it again once you know that you need to find the Cavern of the Incarnate. So, it works. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very cool. Like Like I said, like, once you know, like, where it is you can map that against the riddle and it's kind of neat like there are these two like mountain spires like these two spires of rock that are the the teeth you know thread mm-hmm. the teetle between the, the wind howling between it's very neat it's like oh they, they that that's really neat and also you know like this wisdom that's been passed down that's like why would you hide it in a riddle i mean it makes sense like yes because you can keep secrets that way but also what do you even know where this is how am i supposed to <laughs> Which is the point. Like, you know, it's magic, it's rite of passage stuff. But, you know, it's a whole thing. <laughs> the riddle gives rough directions to a cavern hidden in the hills in the ashlands that surround Red Mountain. There is a great door that guards the cavern that only opens at dawn or dusk. When the time is right, you enter and are greeted by an open cavern with a statue of the Daedra Lord Azura. In her hands, she holds a ring fashioned like a moon and star. You take the ring and she speaks to you. Nerevar reborn, incarnate. Your first three trials are finished. Now two trials lie before you. Seek the Ashlander Ashkans and the Great House Counselors. Four tribes must name you Nerevarine. Three houses must name you Hortator. My servant Nibani Mesa will be your guide. And when you are Hortator and Nerevarine, when you have stood before the false gods and freed the heart from its prison, heal my people and restore Morrowind. Do this for me and with my blessing. Cool. More and more, uh, Getting the rest of the uh, Dunmer on your side. (laughs) Yep. Spirits appear in the cavern and speak to you. These are the spirits of those who could have been Nerevarine but failed in their quests. They will tell you their stories and their failures uh, and give you gifts before you return to the Urshalaku. And that's pretty cool, too. Like, you know, Azura speaks to you and then all of a sudden there are all these ghosts in the cavern and you're like, what? (laughs) Who are these people? They look like most ghosts or are they just like the Uh... translucent characters? They're like translucent characters, character okay. models, uh, and um, and they'll tell you like who they were and what they were doing, and that they could have fulfilled this prophecy, but they didn't. And it's very cool, also in this game, that you have this prophecy, but like there have been people that could have fulfilled it either purposefully or not, and they just haven't. And some of them got this far and failed. You know, like they weren't Nerevarine. <laughs> Would have been a cool. contender. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, basically. Oh, boy. The road before you is even harder. Now that you have passed the third trial of the Nerevarine, nobody in the whole of Morrowind is going to like you very much. Uh, Not even most Ashlanders, and certainly not the great houses of the Tribunal Temple. 
yet, as Nibani Mesa tells you, to pass the fourth and fifth trials, you must become Hortator of the Great Houses and the Nerevarine of the Ashlander tribes. The warrior's test in Kogarun might have been a struggle, but this is an altogether different kind of trial. Setting out to become Hortator, you have a feeling that you're probably going to have to do a lot of favors to get the votes you need from the councils of each great house. And you're not wrong. It's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it's just, oh, yes, um, because you, I'm going to go over like what, briefly like what you do, but you, every great house has a council and like you have to get the vote of every council member to be Hortator of that house and just politics and stuff. Um, <laughs> just, just, just for clarity, what is Hortator? Uh, it's like a war leader. Uh, it's, it's, you know, like, a, a you could think of it like a warlord. Oh, okay. Yeah. And just, yeah. just become a warlord for three different yeah, just, factions. Yeah, it's fine. It's, I was going to say, I feel like there's a conflict of interest going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's okay. <laughs> I was going to look it up and I'm getting a lot of Latin and I'm like, oh God, I mean, I knew it was Latin, but geez, I was going to give you like a real, like, <laughs> it's a, it, it, it's a insider encourager. Uh, so it's not. This isn't a made-up word. No, for, no, it's for a the world. It's a okay. real word. This is a real Latin word. Um, it sounds made up, yeah. which is. <laughs> it does, but it's not. It's a real word. Um, it's just <laughs> not awesome. used very much anymore. I think it shows up in Shakespeare's play Coriolanus, where they refer to him as the Hortator of the Roman army, which for me is just like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like pointing i i got that <laughs> I, I i know that one. but yes you start with house redoran the most traditional of the great houses you finally convince athens serethi to speak with you but he wants you to rescue his son who's been kidnapped and held hostage by both and venom in a matter of quote private justice unquote Venom happens also to be the leader of House Redoran. If you do this, you will have Sarethi's vote, and he will put in a good word for you with the other council members. You rescue Sarethi's son, of course, and return to the father, who is grateful to you for bringing his, hum his son home safely. You have his vote. The other councillors also give their votes to you. But the leader, Bolvin Venom, the hostage-taker, refuses you and challenges you to a duel in the arena in Vivek City. To the death, of course. You take the challenge and defeat him. You are now Hortator of House Redoran. Yeah, just, just rescue somebody and then murder the kidnapper. Eh, That's fine. fine. You know, I mean, he started it. <laughs> he just said. <laughs> I mean, this isn't House Telvani where, you know, that would just oh. be an everyday occurrence. Oh, boy. Just wait till we get to House Telvani. Oh, boy. A.K.A. maybe the best house. <laughs> if you're into that sort of thing. Oh, it's good. House Lalu is adaptable and opportunistic, with an eye towards business, willing to make deals and even bring outlanders into their ranks. Crassus Curio is happy to give you his vote, if you give him a little kiss. Just a little one. Seems a small price to pay. The other counselors will give their vote, if you can find them, and if you pay them, though one will only give her vote if you take care of Orvis Dren. She sees no point in voting, since Dren will never allow such a thing to come to pass. He has no official standing with the house, but is powerful, the younger brother of the Duke of Ebenhart, and a slave-owning criminal kingpin. You can handle him by blackmail or murder, your choice. 
Murder. Wait, you can Murder. kill him? Yeah, you just... To get his vote? Uh, well, he, he doesn't need to, to vote. You vote. kill him and then she'll she'll vote for you. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. I got you. Yeah. Once he's dealt with, the councilwoman gives her vote, and the remaining councilwoman will give hers as well. You are now Hortator of House Lalu. Uh-oh. So here we go. Are we ready? Pile of bodies. It's yeah. going to get higher. Yeah, yeah, the pile yeah. of bodies. Boy, it could get higher. It's a, it's a whole thing. House Telvani are a secretive lot, and sorcerers, the lot of them, living in mushroom towers that you need to be able to levitate to reach. The mouths of the Telvani Council tell you to speak with Master Aryan in Telvas. He's very happy to meet with you and willing to give his vote, but tells you the other counselors won't be so friendly or forthcoming. One is ill-tempered, another doesn't like men, yet another is losing her mind, and Archmagister Gothrin will probably delay his vote indefinitely. Indeed, Aryan recommends that you just murder Gothrin to make things easier, and Aryan huh. does have something to gain by the Archmagister's death to boot. Regardless, his advice is good. Mistress Dratha doesn't like men, so if you're not a man, you will get her vo- vote immediately. If you are a man, you could try and make her like you with pretty words and bribes, or you can murder her. Murder is very acceptable amongst the Telvani. <laughs> yep, that is. Master Neloth is grumpy, but can be convinced if you butter him up a bit. Mistress Therana will not stop talking and hates being interrupted, and you can count on having to murder her if you're not charming and likable enough to make her feel better about an interruption, asking for her vote, because she's also very forgetful. She's the one losing her mind. As for Archmagister Gothrin, you're in for a nasty fight, as he will certainly delay and never give you a straight answer. Murder it will have to be. If you survive, (laughs) you'll have all the votes you need. (laughs) That's amazing. I think in the speed run, if you're not doing the skips, like if, uh, the, like where you can just fucking skip over like most of the game. Um, I, I, I like, is it all quests? Is it all main quest? Uh, I can't remember which. Anyway, in the speed run, like basically the answer is just murder everyone in House Telvani, and now you're a hortator of House Telvani. <laughs> I mean, doesn't one person have to get give you a vote? Yeah, at you least? leave Master Arian alive, and guy. it's fine. You just murder everyone else. It's okay. Oh my god. <laughs> A vote of one is enough. Yep. I mean, <laughs> where's the rest of the council? No council, no vote. I'm <laughs> oh my god. No flag, no country. Oh, it's it's so it's. I love House Telvani. They're they're wild. Oh boy. That's amazing. Oh boy. You follow Aryan's advice as best you can, and when you return to him, he declares you hortator for House Telvani. And now is the time to become Nerevarine of the Ashlander tribes. Sulmatul of the Urshalaku is already convinced, and so gladly gives you the title Nerevarine of his tribe. The others will not be so easy. Oh boy. The well, Ahim- of course not. Of course not. Why would it be easy? The Ahimusa are camped on the far northeast corner of Vardenfell. You know the customs of the Ashlanders and gain audience with their wise woman. She is willing to name you Nerevarine, but only if you find a suitable new home for the tribe. You do this, clearing the ruin of Aldadroth, then bringing the wise woman there once it's safe. You are now Nerevarine of the tribe. The Zainab are camped southwest of Vos. You gain audience with the Ashkan, and he's willing to name you Nerevarine if you kill a vampire in a nearby ancestral tomb. You do this, and when you return, there's actually just one more little thing the Ashkan wants you to do. He wants a high-ranking Telvanni bride. This would be a wonderful gift and show your respect to him as the Ashkan. Having dealt with the Telvanni earlier in these trials, you're pretty sure that you're not going to find one willing to be the bride of an Ashlander. The wise woman agrees and advises you to find a pretty slave woman and dress her up as a Telvanni and bring her to the Ashkan. <laughs> he won't know the difference. 
this is uncomfortable as fuck, but you do what she suggests and bring the Ashkan his bride. He names you Nerevarine, but also lets you know that he knows you tricked him, though he's rather impressed with your cunning. Oh my god. That's hilarious. Yeah, that is like a whole like quest chain and you like you have to find the right clothes and you have to find you have to find Telvani bug musk and at the same time it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> you're like Yeah. You're like, uh, I don't uh Maybe I can just I'm I'm participating in human trafficking. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Maybe I can find the right clothes off of that pile of bodies I left in Telvani territory. I know, right? Like maybe there's the right maybe they have some bug musk like <laughs> Yeah. It's that one. That's like a very memorable quest, but boy is it uncomfortable. Yeah. And and it's kind of buggy, like you know, you have to like it's like an escort quest, like once you give her everything, like the girl, like you have to like have her follow you like across the countryside and it's just like, oh no. Morrowind, no, not like this. Not like this. Oh no. Never like this. Uh, early two thousands video games were always great at uh, escort missions. Yep. It's uh There was never any pathfinding issues. Oh or... never. Never. You know, uh, characters that like to just sit there while some random creature murders them horribly. Yep. <laughs> yep. No problem at all. And then, like, sometimes they get stuck on something. That never happens. Like, they never get no. stuck on, you know, they never have weird collision. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. I don't oh, think boy. that has changed much, though. <laughs> they're never, like, five times slower than the player character. That like, You're, like, walking, and you're already, like, half a mile away, and they're still, like, mm-hmm. you know, huffing and puffing trying to catch up with you. Never happens. Yeah. Assuming they're moving. It's right. more likely that they're stuck on a, like, piece of the land that is slightly <laughs> at a different angle, and it isn't a wall, but they don't know that, apparently, and they're just walking against nothing, and, yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Only mildly aggravating. And then you walk behind them to try to turn them around, but they're just really set on going in this one direction. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Not that I've ever experienced any of this, but oh, uh, no, like I said, never happens. <laughs> right. <laughs> Everything's perfect and never broken, especially in a Bethesda game. Right, and as soon as as soon as I get you know an escort mission, I'm not I'm not just like immediately like oh fuck this I yeah <laughs> walking away I don't want to do that oh no this is why I never finished this game I think <laughs> I think well like other than the uh, I'm trying to think like I think there's there's that one escort quest and then there's like bringing the wise woman to Aldadroth after you clean it out that's an escort quest I I feel like those are the only required ones like all the other escort quests in the game are optional like side quests yeah you don't have to do them um if i'm remembering correctly yeah i'm pretty sure i'm remembering correctly but you can still deal with the the escort missions and other ones which is hilarious and painful yes (laughs) yes oh there is ah they're so that wow wow Mm -hmm. uh anyway continuing on (laughs) the arabinimsum are camped southwest of Telfir. When you get there, the Ashkan and his Gulakans are not receptive to you and chase you out. You speak to the wise woman and learn that the Ashkan and his supporters will never support an outlander as Nerevarine. They are war-loving and would love nothing better than to wage war on all outlanders in Vardenfell. However, if you could depose them and put in their place a peace-loving Ashkan, then you would be named Nerevarine, and she knows just the candidate, the son of the previous Ashkan. 
there is but one course of action. You take out the Ashkan and his supporters, and then approach the man the wise woman supports for the new Ashkan. He doesn't want to take the title, as he lacks the attributes of a true warrior, strength, courage, and wisdom. To make up for this lack, he wants the magical items the former Ashkan and Gulakans had worn. You give these to him, and he names you Nerevarim. Cool. It's, you know, yeah. depose another another faction. Why yeah, not? just, yeah, did I, you know. Did just... I miss where you actually have to depose them, or do you just does he do it for you? Oh, no, you kill them. You you kill oh, okay. the guys. Uh, Yeah, you, you kill them, and then you go to him and say, hey, you're, you're leader now. And he's like, oh, but, I mean, I'm not that strong, and not I'm not that courageous, and I'm not that wise. Like, I don't think I would be a good leader. And you're just like, look, here are some constant effect, like... <laughs> stuff just take it (laughs) and they're good items like you might want to keep them there are ways again this is one of the things that deviates like you can handle this in a way that you can keep the magical items just like the easiest ways just to give it to them Um, fair gotcha yeah and also sorry when did this story become a fucking cia simulator (laughs) i know from the beginning seriously like you 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 were instated into the order of the blades like you've been a cia agent since the beginning (laughs) But it escalated really fucking quick. It really, yeah, Caius <laughs> leaves and then everything escalates really quickly. Um, it's just like, what? And I mean, and, and we have to remember, too, that this game is difficult. Like, you know, mm-hmm. fighting people, fighting fighting NPCs is not a walk in the park. Like, Skyrim, you know, on a normal difficulty, maybe if you're pretty leveled, you can just walk in and just like, and then you kill them and it's fine. But in, like, in Morrowind, you can't do that. <laughs> you walk in to fight the Ashkan, and it's just like, oh, well, I'm dead. <laughs> Time to save scum. Uh, yep. <laughs> it's uh, so yeah. So like killing all of these, especially the Telvani, like because they're wizards and like they have magic. It's like, ugh. Like fighting people is is not easy. Like it really should be your last resort, which you know feels correct. But there are these things that you just can't solve without murdering everyone. Um, that's interesting because the later games definitely like it's most of the game is fighting. Yeah, most of the game is just like, oh, you want to deal with this? Per- well, you get to kill them. You want to yeah. talk your and way then, out of this? No, you don't get to do that. Yeah, yeah. kill, kill everything. Your next mission, yeah. kill everything. Next mission, go this other place and kill everything. Yep, it's true. More, more so about that in part a, three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's kind of interesting that the first one was not so much about that. The third yeah. one. The third one. Third one. Ah, oh, I keep yeah. forgetting it. Yeah. It was first to me, you know. I know. Yeah, it was. It was my first one as well. But but it is. It is number three technically. But yeah, this one like it gives. There are times where it just like funnels you into. Yeah, you're going to be in a fight. But there are a lot of times that it it you know it gives you room to approach these things in a different way. Like you could try and like you know speechcraft your way through something, or you know try and solve it without resorting to murder. Sure. It's just sort of like, well, there's just no way. You can't talk your way through these guys. So uh, I, I guess, you know. <laughs> bring a fr- bring a really buffed uh, partner. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and now. Murder hobo mode engaged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Time to murder. <laughs> and now all of Vardenfell, indeed all of Morrowind, knows your name. And your claim to being Nerevarine, Indoral, Nerevar, Reborn. And this has not escaped the notice of Lord Vivek, one of the living gods of the Tribunal Temple. You are told the Archcanon of the Temple wishes, wishes to speak with you. You find your way to the Archcanon, 
Thaler Serioni. And he tells you that the temple must protect the people from false doctrines, and your association with imperial intelligence makes your motivations and integrity suspect. But... You think? <laughs> yeah, you think? Hiding corpses in the corner? I don't know what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> what are you talking about? My motivations? Suspect? My integrity? Suspect? I am, un- I am not a CIA agent, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am unimpregnable? Impre- my my uh, my integrity uh, is uh, unimpeachable. There we go. Yeah, there yes, you go. There you go. That's what I was, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm just a freelance contractor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And not a nation builder, okay? Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> However, Never mind the fact that I've done it 3 times. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> However, there is a crisis on their hands. Dagother grows in strength and the temple can no longer defend the people against the awakened sixth house. You and these lost heretical prophecies may be their last hope against the encroaching darkness. He tells you that Lord Vivek wants to see you and will no doubt tell you the entire truth of the desperate situation. He regrets that there has been so much hostility towards you and would understand if you refuse. But you agree to see Lord Vivek. The Archcanon gives you the key to enter the Great Temple, but warns you that the Ordinators are not entirely under his control and may try violence against you. Avoid them, if you can. No, there's no avoiding them now. It's it's Ordinated killing time. Yeah. (laughs) Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. (laughs) Exactly. You guys have been a pain in my butt for too long in this game. (laughs) I think you could just, like, run... I feel like I just ran past all... Like, if you talk to them, they'll just become immediately hostile towards you. But if you just, like, run past them, you're just like, Bye! I'm gonna go talk to God, okay? See you later. (laughs) You go to the Great Temple and find Lord Vivek there, levitating in the center of the Inner Sanctum, waiting. When I was young like you, he says, I was very impatient, so I will keep our business short. Then... Later, there may be time for other things. First, I propose to remove my curse upon the Nerevarine and end the persecution of the dissident priests and proclaim to all Morrowind the Nerevarine is the incarnate and Nerevarine, the prophesied savior of Morrowind, and the last hope to withstand the menace of Dagoth Ur in the Sixth House. These things I will do whether you wish them or not. Next, I propose to surrender to you the power and responsibility of defeating Dagoth Ur. You may choose to refuse. I will not compel you. You will receive the power as a gift in the form of an artifact called Wraithguard. You may accept this gift. Then do with it as you will. You will receive the responsibility as an oath. You may give your oath. Then keep it or break it as you like. First, will you accept Wraithguard as a gift? If it means selling it, sure. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I will forever treasure and immediately hawk. (laughs) Yeah. And and again, I'm telling... Can you kill this guy? Uh, well, funny you ask that. I'm telling a specific version of this story, and Vivek has a lot of really great dialogue. It's really worth talking to him, but you could try and kill him. And you could That's take awesome. Wraithguard, and if you do it this way, where you kill Vivek and then take Wraithguard, you can take it then to the Corpusarium, to Yagrim Bagarn, and he will activate it and tell you how to use it. Mm. It's like huh. jury rigged. It, it, like, yeah, he'll jury rig it for you to be able to defeat Dagother. Um, so that is that is an option if you don't decide to, uh, you know, go along with Vivek and you try and kill him instead. He is a tough fight. 
Like he is. I not, bet he's. I mean, you're fighting God, right? Like a you know, god. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like you know they're they're losing their power, you know, because of this whole like Dagather and Heart situation. Like it's a whole thing, but he's still a god. Like he can still do right. all of this stuff. It's rough, but you can you can do it. That's good, because, yeah, after that little, like, I'm going to do this whether you want me to or not, and you're going to do this whether you want to or not, I was just like, well, my gamer well, brain just goes, now I'm going to try to kill you. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you're annoying. I feel like I feel like a lot of people probably had that reaction. I was just like, oh, cool. Can I ask Can I ask the god why he killed Nerevar? Can I do that? Um, I mean, yes, you yes you can. Um, <laughs> you can't ask him. Is the answer satisfying? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you can ask all these questions. So in this version, awesome. this version of the story, you accept. And Vivek says, good, sensible of you. And now, will you give your oath before all gods and men, before all spirits, visible and invisible, before my honor and your honor, to dedicate yourself and Wraithguard to the defeat and destruction of Dagothur and the preservation of Morrowind and its people? You accept. And Vivek says, not very sensible, but very good. I was hoping for someone who would have no hesitation about making such an oath. Then Lord Vivek takes you out of time, where you may speak at leisure about how to use Wraithguard and Vivek's plans for defeating Dagothur. You ask him of these things, and you ask him of the choices he made in the past, what it's like to be a god, and why he killed Indoril Nerevar. He answers you, but many of those answers are unsatisfying, and so it must be. Mm. He killed like, it, killed you over <laughs> a bad debt, didn't he? Uh, I mean, <laughs> you owed me five bucks five years ago. Oh, it's, damn it. I, I, I really like if you if if uh, anyone listening, and if you are listening and you're still here, hello. I'm so glad you're here on this journey with us. Um, welcome. Please stay. Um, we're almost to the end. I promise. Like that, we're nearing. Like this is like we're in the fifth act. We're we're getting ready to go. But if you if you haven't spoken to Vivek and like really like read all of his dialogue i recommend it like vivek's dialogue is great it's amazing writing and also like giving you answers without giving you answers and it's like unsatisfying but it's just good anyway like it's just so good so good <laughs> in writing his dialogue they really made it seem like you know you're talking to an immortal you know omnipotent omniscient being or at least mostly so uh, if not completely any of those descriptors like you know it really does feel like you're talking to a, a god and especially a god that once was a human person like you know there's sort of I, I say human person you know an elf person but you know whatever you know <laughs> it's it's very good anyway <laughs> moving on regarding the plans the trouble has been finding someone to enact them. As a tribunal's concerted power must remain on keeping the ghost fence, the magical barrier around Med Red Mountain, in place so that Dagother's forces do not spill out into Vardenfell proper. You are the perfect choice to enact these plans, which are a series of aggressive raids to scout inside the ghost fence, a series of aggressive raids to neutralize Dagother's ash vampire kin and recover artifacts from the bodies of his kin, an assault of the Gate Citadel Veminal to neutralize Dagoth Vemin and recover the artifact hammer Sunder. An assault on Gate Citadel Odrasol to neutralize Dagoth Ordros and recover the artifact blade Keening. An assault of Citadel Dagoth with the artifacts Wraithguard Sunder and Keening to sever Dagoth Ur's connection to the heart of Lorcan and thus to destroy 
Degother. The plans are detailed and hold history and explanations, as well as detailed instructions on what to do and how to do it. Much thought and scheming has gone into this plan. It just needed the right person to execute it. You know, some some CIA agent who's already yeah. has a pile of bodies. The protagonist <laughs> of a video game. Uh, <laughs> which is funny, because Vivek, being the master of Chim, knows you're in a video game. <laughs> it's fine. Like, whatever. The player can just reload at any time. Reality means nothing. So, yes, basically. We needed the protagonist of a video game. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. It's uh, it's good stuff. It's, it's wild. The Lawrence game is so wild. Like... <laughs> There's a lot you can learn as you go that I'm just, like, glossing over. Like, for example, the ghost fence is, like, you know, it's this magical barrier. But the basis of it are the bones of of Dunmer, like, who have died. Like, families will donate the bones of their dead loved ones to, like, help, like, as the foundation of the magic that runs the ghost. It's so good. That, it's cool stuff. That is crazy. It's wild. Sounds like um, a really terrible afterlife. <laughs> yeah. I've, no kidding. I'm going to put a little asterisk on that because I seem to recall that that's in the lore of this game, but it it may have been something that from Tamriel rebuilt that's like extrapolated. But I feel like that's in here. If you read about the ghost fence that it's like, oh yeah, it's just built off, you know, the the ancestors are protecting their people, right? Like it's like a great gift to be able to, anyway, even if it's made up, it totally like, you know, if it's not original to the, to the vanilla game, like it, it works really well. Someone can yell at me if they know for for sure if that's like in this game or not. I feel like it is, but it's been so long. All of my all of my memories <laughs> blend together. But it is really cool when you see the ghost fence. It's like this you know glowy thing um, against mm-hmm. the mountain. It, it's just like wow. If you don't know what it is when you run into it, you're like um excuse me. Why is there a magical barrier around this mountain? If you haven't like <laughs> gotten to that part in the story and understand what's going on, yeah, uh, that's. A- that's a little awkward to cr- come across. <laughs> yep, it does not let you pass. You can only pass through one gate, and then you get on the other side, and everything's hell. It's very bad. You don't want to go there, especially at level one. Do not. <laughs> oh, now I have a challenge. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, challenge accepted, Chandler says. <laughs> I never said I was going to take the challenge. I just say that's a challenge. <laughs> it is a challenge. Yep, it indeed. is a challenge. You can, you can try it out. I mean, you can... You know, before you've done any of the main quests, you can go into Red Mountain, you know, go and go into Dagother's Citadel. And if you can get to him <laughs> and he's just like, what? <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> are Why you? have you come unprepared? Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty, it's cool that you can do that. I don't know. Just like, I've never tried doing that. Maybe I should sometime just like, you know, try a level, is. a level one, uh, red mountain run just to see what happens. Um, it's not going to go well. <laughs> just run by everything. This, this is the one time when I'm, I'm kind of glad we have the modern, like, uh, uh, what do you call them? What is it called? A little like a, you know, like where you, 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 Make you get an accomplishment and little uh, oh achievements achievements achievement. I'm like, why is my brain not letting me have this word? <laughs> anyway, yeah, like I feel like that's an achievement right there. You know, like <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be like a locked of like hidden achievement. Like oh yeah, that's all you get. You just got, like a, what you the got hell to are you doing? But good job. <laughs> yeah, good. You got to take a third level one, not knowing anything that's going on. Good for you. Uh huh. Yeah. All right, we we are nearing the end, my friends. Lord Vivek returns you to the stream of time, and you head out on your final quest. 
You obtain intelligence about the lands beyond the ghost fence and the faces of Red Mountain. You find strongholds of the Sixth House and destroy their priests, the lieutenants of Dagothur, and take their mag magical artifacts. These are proof against the magics you will face on the slopes of Red Mountain itself. You go beyond the ghost fence and assault the stronghold of Viminal. You destroy Dagoth Vemin and take the artifact, Sunder, the hammer of Lord Kagranek. You must use Wraithguard to hold it, elsewise you are destroyed by the artifact's immense power. So it is with Keening, held by Dagoth Odros in the stronghold Odrasal. Keening is the dagger of Lord Kagranek. The artifacts sing as they are all brought together once more. Now there is only the final step, defeating Dagothur at last. You enter the citadel of the Sharmat and are greeted by Dagothur himself, speaking to you as if from all around, welcoming you as Lord Nerevar Moonstar. Welcome to this place a destiny is made. Through fire and war, come to the heart chamber. And it's a booming voice, too. Oh, it is. It's booming and it's very dramatic. It's so good. It's, it's very good. You're just like, oh no. It, it feels very, it like feels suitably dramatic too, since this is like, you know, your final steps. Like, this is it. This is the end of the game, right? Like, and you're finally coming face to face with this dude that like, you know, has written you a letter and like sent you weird dreams and sends his people to kill you, uh, you know, even though he's like, yeah, we were friends once. I'd like to be friends again. Sends all of his dudes to kill you. Um, <laughs> you know, good faith things that you do. You know, with friends, and it, and we're 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 all recording, you know, distance with no webcams or anything. But I hope you know that I like did a little shoulder shimmy. Like, wait, we could be friends. Uh, that feels accurate. Um, yeah. But if we didn't try and kill each other, huh? Yeah. Eh? Eh? Um, <laughs> I mean, would we even be friends at that point? Yeah, like, like, could we just, you know, maybe we could be, maybe we could be more than friends. I don't know. Does Dagothur <laughs> have the same thing Vivek does? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, mean I don't know. You, I mean, you, 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 we're, Dagothur we're can love who he wants to love, you know? Like, you know. Uh, we are talking gods here, so. Or <laughs> people that have the power of gods, so. Yeah, I mean, the gods could do whatever they want, as far as I know. You know. <laughs> when at last you cut through the last of his generals and servants, you meet the Sharmat at last, standing in his golden mask waiting for you. This is where it began, and this is where it will end. Now that you have come to me here, Degather says, there can be but one result. Many times I have considered offering to share this place with you. I considered offering to accept your oath of service. You might try to buy my trust by giving me Wraithguard, Keening, and Sunder. I thought we might once again be friends, comrades, brothers-in-arms. But I have won this place and power by right of conquest, by right of daring and enterprise. I will not risk it to cunning and deceit. I offer you no deals. If you are my enemy, I cannot trust you. And even if you are not my enemy, I cannot let you live. It will be all decided here. I believe I will prevail. But I cannot be sure, and I am vain enough that, should I fall, I would wish to be remembered in my own words. So, if you have final questions you would ask, ask them now. I have final questions I would ask you, if you would answer. Interesting. I'm going to kill you, Yeah. But like, let's talk first. <laughs> yeah, let's chat. Degather also has incredible dialogue. Like, I don't even go into it here, because it just would take, like everything else, way too long. But ask him all the questions. 
and it's so good too because he asks you these questions which i go in a little bit in the narrative here but like he asks like and you can answer you can choose what you believe about yourself and your journey and like you know all of these he asks a couple hypothetical questions that you know you can answer as well and i think that's really cool that you the player can decide the characters in the game don't tell you this is who you are this is who you're supposed to be it's like you can decide like the main the big bad evil guy asks you are you actually Nerevar reborn and you can choose what you believe <laughs> no i'm that's cool. i'm just a i'm just a uh, imperial spy that's all <laughs> that is like an answer that you can give too like you can just say like i you know i'm 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 an imperial citizen and i'm just doing a job man uh, <laughs> it's 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 so good like I can't even like I, I I need to finish the story, but just, uh, it's it's just so good that the game lets you choose that. Like it lets you be the author, like not just in your head, but in the text of the game of like what this story means to you and your character, you know, as you're playing it, as you're role playing your character. Whereas like the games after this, and again, more of this in part three. Look forward to that. The later games, it's like you just this is just the game just tells you you're the hero now. Uh, you don't have a choice in the matter. You know, you just do this. Yeah. You know, and and this one like lets you choose, and I that's so important and really good and interesting storytelling. And I I really haven't come across another game that does that. Does the I mean, because this does this game let you be evil? Uh, I mean, not narratively. Like you can't side with Dagother. Um, and their oh, okay. their reason for that is like built into his dialogue, um, the bit that I just read, where he can't trust you, even if you decided, I I want to side with you, I want to like you know, bring this new new order to the world, right? Um, you know whatever, he can't trust that you won't betray him, that you won't try to take what he's already won by conquest, right? Like, you know he can't trust you, so you have to die. Um, the part in Ilunibi earlier, uh, when you meet with Dagoth Garys, to me, it feels like maybe at one point in development, maybe they, I've not found evidence of this, that they talked about having a bad option where you like, you can choose to side with Dagother and have, I, there's probably a mod that does this, that like makes a whole other quest line that you side with Dagother and become his general, um, you know, and, de- you know, destroy everything, you know, like the, the inverse of the Nerevarine, if you will. Mm-hmm. It, to me, in the in the vanilla game, it really does feel like that was the moment that if there was to be two plot lines, that would be it. Sure. It, it, but it doesn't give you that option. Degoth Garys is like, oh, well, I, I would have hoped that you'd come here to honor my lord's request, you know, and you could talk to me and I want to give you the letter. And Degoth really wants to be friends, but then all you can do is kill him. Like, you mm-hmm. get out of dialogue with him and then he fights you. There's no way around <laughs> it. Um, and so it feels kind of weird where it's like, this feels like there should have been a point here where, you know, Dagoth Gary is like, after you've exhausted all of the dialogue, he says, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to join Dagoth or, or not? And, and then you could choose either way. But that isn't what happens in the vanilla game. Like, that's not there. But it feels like it should be. <laughs> yeah. It feels like it should be. But it also makes sense that Degother would not trust you, you know, even if you were, like, it does kind of make sense that he would be like, you know, because the, the influence of this particular magic of the Heart of Lorcan and everything. Yeah, right. Um, Kill me once, shame on me. 
<laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, especially since you don't know. Like, Degather thinks that Erevar tried to kill him and, and betrayed him. Like, that's what Degather believes. Even though others are like, well, maybe that is, you know, like, Degather is bad and we just believe that. But maybe there was something else going on there. Like, who knows? Like, uh. But yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot. It's so juicy. And you'll never have some of the answers to these lore questions. And this is what fan fiction is for. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But since we are so near the end. Yes. You agree to answer his questions. He wishes to know if you are Indoril Nerevar Reborn in truth, and what your plans for the heart and tools would be if you were to win. You answer as best you can, as well as giving answers to his next questions. To each of your replies, he has one of his own and some commentary to make. You have a chance to ask him about his own plans and machinations and the past, and he has much to say, but in the end, there can be no reconciliation. You battle Dagothur and defeat him, but this is only the antechamber, and you know what you need to do. Dagothur vanishes and reconstitutes himself in the chamber of the Akulakan, the great automaton war machine Dagothur has been crafting around the heart of Lorcan. You ignore Dagothur and rush the heart, striking it with sunder and keening in the same way that has been taught to you. At first, Dagothur is confused, then realizes what you're trying to do, and rushes to stop you. But this is the end. The bitter, bitter end. Dagothur is undone, the Akulakan destroyed. You retrace your steps, leaving the crumbling chamber, and are greeted by Lord Azura. She says to you, you no longer bear the burden of prophecy. You have achieved your destiny. You are freed. The doomed is folly. Lord Dagoth's temptation, the tribunal's seduction, the god's heart freed. The prophecy fulfilled, all fates sealed, and sins redeemed. If you have pity, mourn the lost, but let the weeping cease. The blight is gone, the sun's golden honey gilds the land. Hail, Saviour, Hortator, and Nerevarine. Your people look to you for protection. Monsters and villains, great and small, still threaten the people of Vardenfell. Enemies and evils abound, yet indomitable will might rid Morrowind of all its ills. For you, our thanks and blessing, our gift and token given. Come and take this thing from the hand of God. She grants you her ring and vanishes, leaving you alone in your victory. Mm. Hmm. And then you can go on to do all the side quests. And you can go do all the side quests. <laughs> <laughs> or there's these expansions that are coming out. That, yes, let me tell you about the expansions, because uh, <laughs> if you're playing with Tribunal installed, uh, you've probably already run into the Dark Brotherhood that we talked about in part one. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the start of tribunal so uh but yeah that is that's the main story a lot a lot <laughs> it's a lot a script of 8715 words and that's cutting out a lot of it <laughs> yeah and that's like not even going into like all the different options you have for certain quests like you know all of the dialogue that you can exhaust like all of the lore that you learn all of the questions that Degother asks you. I mean, that's cutting out quite a bit and just like kind of, you know, trying to summarize things. <laughs> yeah. <There's> a, there... <laughs> Let me explain. No, no, there is too much. Let me sum up. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to this game. There is. It's, it's, it's a lot. And uh, if you've reached this point, thank you. Also, please play this game if you haven't. <laughs> uh, and if you have, play it again. Uh it's worth it, unless you hated it, in which case, don't play it again, because you probably still won't have a good time. Um, <laughs> Do another build. Like, yeah. 
if you're not using magic, you're not playing it, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yes, definitely. Try building with try try a build with magic. Uh, magic is great. Try levitation. Levitation is fun. I'm kind of sad that that's not in any other games. But I know. I'll talk about I, that next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next time. Next time. Because <laughs> it is fun to be like, oh yeah, levitation is like you know outlawed. You're not supposed to levitate. And it's like, yeah, I'm just gonna levitate over the city. Bye. Do what I want. <laughs> See you later. Well, thank you for going through that marathon of a story. Holy crap. Yes, seriously. Happy, happy to do so. In in case you're listening to this and you didn't listen to part one, this is my favorite game. Yeah. So I, this is, this was for me a labor of love. It was very fun. It's like, this is kind of like my, you know, main summary, main quest fan fiction that I could just kind of go through, you know, with quotes out of the game. It's just so good, and there's so much to it, and it's just so interesting. It's it has a very rich world, and yes, if you do, you don't hear that from the story, then I don't know. Listen, listen to the story being told again. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I I mean, and, and we didn't do a spoiler warning at the start, which I mean, it should have kind of you know gone with the territory. We're talking about the story; there's going to be spoilers, um, but you know, even. I think even if you like, you know, you you listen to this whole thing and you're like, oh, I've never played. Like, there's still going to be stuff there for you. Um, oh yeah. Not just like you know different things, but like so much dialogue and places that you could run into. Like, I don't really describe a lot of the areas that you go to. Um, I mean, heck, you can go and ask about Devathfir's uh, daughters. Um, <laughs> If you want to, uh, you know, and all that, like, you know, there's a lot of treasure hunting to be done in the Corpusarium. Like, that's one of the things that, you know, like, people will come to the Corpusarium and try and, like, sneak around and rob it of all of its treasures. Like, there's all kinds of treasure down there mm. that you can loot. Didn't go into that, but, like, that's, like, a whole thing. But you can't attack anyone down there, so it's, like, they're going to be attacking you while you're, you know. Because you could go there before you've even gotten there in the main game, you know, the main quest, rather. And like we said at the beginning, like, you know, it's like, ah, go to Caius Casades of Belmora. They send you on your way and you're just like, nope, I'm out of prison. I'm going to do whatever I want. And you could just like spend hundreds of hours just never doing the main quest. (laughs) But then you'd be missing all of this story. (laughs) You would be missing all of the story. You'd be missing all of this really cool stuff and, and, and things. Uh, And and, and it's just, uh, there's so much. And... (laughs) They let you break the game to in later games, you know, there are quest giving characters that are made like essential where you can't accidentally kill them. And in Morrowind, that doesn't happen. Like, you can, you, will, you know, absolutely kill people on accident. And be like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was yeah. uh, that was part of the yep. storyline. Whoops. Yep. It's just and then then the game is broken. You can't continue. Yeah. Well, you can still continue, wow. but. You're not going to be yeah. playing the main story storyline. <laughs> yeah, you're you're never going to you're never going to be able to finish the main storyline, uh, which is all kind of funny when you kill Vivek because if I remember correctly, you kill Vivek and you get that same like you know you've broken the thread of fate and now you're doomed in this cursed world you know or something whatever the line is, but there is a way around that you could just take the Dwemer artifact and then take it to Yagrim, <laughs> you know, to get around that. Uh, but it is kind of interesting that the game is like, yeah, you've, you've severed the thread of fate. Like, I don't know what to tell you. You killed God. He was supposed to tell you what to do. Uh, <laughs> That's you awesome. Know? It's, it's very, it's, it's, it's pretty neat. Yeah. It just, 
you can just go about it um, however way you want. And like I said, to me, like the big highlight at the end, I, when I first played it, you know, Degather says, like, are you actually, you know, Indoral Nerevar Reborn? And I'm looking at, I'm like, wait, what? He just asked me if I really am? And you have like the choice of like, yes, I am. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm just an Imperial guy. Like, I'm just an Imperial agent doing a job. Like, you know. And then, like, um, I have no fucking clue. Like, <laughs> you can, you have, like, and it's just, like, I remember just sitting there staring for a minute, being like, wait, I can decide? Because I've just gone through this just assuming that it's, like, well, the game is telling me that I'm Nerevar Reborn, so I must be. And then it was right. like, oh, actually, the game isn't, like, the game the whole time has been, like, like, the people saying, like, we're not really sure you are. Like, maybe this is bunk. Maybe it's just, like coincidence maybe it is just you know a bunch of outlanders taking advantage of local superstition right like you know which is not on brand for colonizers at all you know right Mm. right Uh, it's it's and it's just like oh oh wait i can i can decide and it's like i could tell the big bad i could tell this dude what i've decided right And, and that's just really cool. <laughs> I'm I kind of love that you can say, no, I'm not, and then fulfill the prophecy anyway. Yeah. <laughs> you got yeah. clowned on by a CIA agent. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you could just, you could give the I don't know answer, and it's just sort of like, you know, and Dagother's responses are different every time. Like, he has a different response for each one of those. Like, if you say that you are Nerevar Reborn, he's like, well, that's bitter. Like that—that's really upsetting. Like you know, that's sad. Like it—it it, it doesn't feel good that that's the case to him. Mm. You know, if you say that you're like you know you're just doing a job for the emperor, or whatever, whatever that response is, he's like he like ad- admires you for your loyalty. Like he thinks that that's great. Like you are you're loyal to your lord, and that's that's good. You <laughs> know, in his book. And if it's like I have no fucking clue, he's like yeah, neither do I. I guess we'll never know. Like it, I wonder though. Like. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never know it, and it's just really interesting you, it's not really a conversation per se like the way like you know you you guys and i are, are conversing but it feels that way a little bit as you ask like you know he's like hey what do you what do you plan if you win i don't think you will but if you were to win what are you going to do <laughs> are you going to use the tools the same way are you going to you know do something else like what are you going to do with it um and you have responses for that uh and then you know he tells you his plans because you know he's like i'm I don't care. Like we're just having a nice conversation, and I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. And it's like, oh, that's really horrible, my guy. Uh, <laughs> but okay, right? Especially when, like, you know, his servants, you know, the Ash Schools, the Ash Vampires, and whatever, you know, like, and, and, and the uh, like the Ascended, um, what are they called? Uh, ascended, Ascended Sleepers. Like they have these weird growths coming out of their faces, and it's like that, you know, like you. You you you're, you're like bestowed this gift by Dagother, and like your face crumbles inward, and this thing grows out of it, and it's like what? No, very Lovecraftian, you know. It didn't go into any of that. Uh, look at the designs for some of the enemies, um, especially the sixth house enemies, and you just go, hmm. Surprise! It's a uh, mind flare. <laughs> yep, it's like, oh no, that's bad. Oh, I don't want to. Oh, I don't want to be like that. Uh, <laughs> that's not good. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it's good stuff. Please play it. Uh, <laughs> enjoy it. Like, you know, or don't, you know, you don't have to. I mean, anyone who's listened, I hope you enjoyed the story. And like, we could be here for hours trying to talk about everything. And this doesn't touch, like we mentioned, the side quests at all. 
or the faction quests or tribunal the expansion the first expansion or blood moon the second expansion which is a completely different story like tribunal kind of you know springs off of the main quest like you go to mournhold you meet amalexia you know one of the others of the of the tribunal temple you know one of the other living gods and you know there's a lot of stuff about sothasil the other living god and there's like all this stuff going on and then you know you finish that one and then there's blood moon and that has to do with werewolves <laughs> in Sol's theme because um, you know werewolves <laughs> yeah you know uh and if by chance you're someone listening to this and you, you want us to talk about the expansions let us know you, you can contact us on our socials in the outro uh we <laughs> <laughs> i for one would love to talk about them oh right yeah that would uh, require me to actually play the expansions too yes. which isn't a bad thing it it would i mean it's fun and I mean, of course, you know, my co-hosts here are probably like, oh my God, can we like, you know, let's not do that for another year. Like, <laughs> let's kick that can down the road. <laughs> Only if like one person, if one person says we want you to do this, uh, but they'll probably say like, nah, we need like 10 people. And it'll be like, oh, okay. I'm not sure what that threshold is, but if we could. I don't know either. I was like, reason. oh, just one person. I was like, ah, just, yeah, just one person, one person to say, yes, I want you to talk about Tribunal of Blood Moon. Uh, but I'm like, I don't know, actually, like, maybe that's, maybe that threshold is too low. <laughs> I mean, there's no, no, no harm in finding out. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ah, yes, I want to make Devin stumble over, you know, words and names and stuff. Like, let's do it. Right. Oh, my God. The names in this game. Oh, man. Yeah. And I practiced, like, I read over this and I was like, yeah, I got this. And then I was like, I don't got this. <laughs> you are much braver than I am. Because I was like, uh, yeah. I got Caius. I'm tapped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Fargoth. Fargoth and Caius. Yeah, Fargoth, yeah, yeah. I can, I can yeah, it's say like, those two. Yeah, and I also just noticed I spelled a Kulakon wrong the second time in my script. I'm like, <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> Good thing I knew what I meant, and I wasn't just, like, you know, reading what... I... Anyway, tangential. So, yes, what did the two of you think of, of that? Like, There's a lot more story than what I was remembering, because... As I kind of said in part one, that's uh, not really what I played this game for. And I played this game yeah. a lot. But, yeah. you know, it, as I kind of said, like in the middle, like this story escalates quickly. <laughs> like, yeah, here, do do low level fetch quest. And now you're murdering factions. Wait, that wait, I didn't sign up for that part. <laughs> but yeah, that, it's it's a very interesting story. It just, because it's an RPG, it has that as a quick es- escalation because it has to, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it explores some really interesting topics that uh, I'm not necessarily certain would be palatable in the AAA space anymore. Like mm. human trafficking, murdering an entire faction, although that one's probably still palatable, honestly. I mean, you, yeah, I was going to say, you still kind of do that in many games in the triple a space like you know <laughs> i mean I know. fair but are you doing that murdering because of your skooma addicted uh handler <laughs> right. like i don't yeah. think so drug use yeah. isn't as much of a thing in the triple a space yeah it, it matters a lot with like you know is is the text like critiquing what you're doing or is it just like you know not even questioning it's just like you go do this because you protagonist of video game right like or or is this like you know 
like like the uh, like the arch cannon says, like you're tied to imperial intelligence. You were mm-hmm. a spy. You know, I I don't. We can't trust you. Like we're desperate, and like this is not great. This isn't what we would want to do, right? You know that sort of thing where it's like never coming out and directly saying like maybe what you're doing is bad, but like if you think about it a little bit, you're like maybe this mm, like what is the emperor trying to do here? The emperor's like oh yeah this this whole prophecy thing is important, but like as you play through the game, if you're like talking to people and learning about the state of the world at the time that you're playing, like you know the empire has been trying to like get an in with Morrowind, and the leadership of Morrowind isn't really letting them. Like, they kind of trade with them, but it's, like, you know, not really a thing. And, you know, the Empire is an empire. They are here to take land and, you know, control, you know, other nations, right? And bring them under their umbrella and collect taxes and, you know, basically look at, like, anything the United States has done in the whole of its history regarding, like, foreign policy. Yeah. Um, You know, that kind of thing. By any means necessary. Like, the Empire tried it with arms, and it didn't work. They've tried it with economy, and it's not really working. So now they're going to try and go the spiritual route, right? Yeah. And And it's, like, uncomfy. Like, if you kind of think about it, you're like this. "Mm, I don't know. Even if defeating Dagothur is a thing we need to be doing, because, like, you know, if Dagothur wins, like, everything is destroyed. Like, that's, that's, like, apocalyptic in the strongest sense. Like, this is sort of like, you know, Sauron gets the ring back. (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh, that kind of level of apocalypse, uh, which is, is bad. Um, you know, even if it's good to defeat Dagothur, it's like, what had, what cost, right? Because you really did depose a bunch of leaders in local factions. Um, you're, you're kind of destabilizing the region on, on the whole because you're saying, oh, yes, I am the Messiah. You know, <laughs> I'm the Kwisatz Haderach. You know, <laughs> like, nobody liked that. So it's like, yeah, it, it, it's sort of like, you know, the game never comes out. This is a thing that all of Morrowind kind of does is it's not going to tell you what the right answer is with the lore, like who murdered who, whose fault really is this? I mean, ultimately, I guess you could trace it back to Kagranak. Like Kagranak did some stuff and that caused this whole problem. But like, you know, who (laughs) murdered who? Who's really at fault for killing Nerevar? Like did Nerevar really, you know, betray Dagother? Like what is going on? Uh, Was it greed? Like, were they just greedy? Like, you know, these in that, you know, one ring sense with the, like, you know, the power of these objects were just too powerful um, that they corrupt anyone that they're near and tempt them too much towards bad decisions and, you know, causing another dragon break where you have alternate realities because, you know, Vivek and Amalexia and Sothasil were mortal, you know, and then now they're immortal, but they still remember their mortal lives, but they've always also been gods, uh, which is wild. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's part of the fun funness of this story right there's no good people like even if we do the the colonialism lens right yeah morrowind is in a harsh spot like the telvanni just want to murder everybody because murder equals power quite literally yeah and they want to keep slaves like you know slaves are convenient let's just keep slavery yeah let's just keep doing that and (laughs) it's incredibly xenophobic like Oh, the yeah. entire fucking island. If you aren't a Dunmer, you're an Enwa. And yeah. there's, like, even if you try and pick a moralistic stance in this world, what are what are you doing? Like, yeah, are, you have to compromise somewhere. And that's a really interesting decision to make in terms of a story. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. 
kind of why I liked it in the first place, even though like mm-hmm. I didn't end up really playing it for the moral dilemmas that it introduces into the game. But uh, yeah, yeah, like the story is yeah. really engaging because of that. And, and and you can play a complete asshole or you can play like, you know, you can play lawful good. Like you can play true neutral, really, for the most part. Like I said, some quests kind of funnel you into like one outcome. But for the most part, it gives you leeway to play how you want, like what kind of character you want to be. And it doesn't really moralize against you, like the text on the whole. Like, it's not like, oh, you're very bad man. You know, it's it's not like, you know, Paragon and Renegade, where it's like, ah, oh, you very bad person uh, or very good person. It just sort of is like, OK, well, the world has a lot of assholes in it. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to put another interesting problem in front of you. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moving on. It's like, okay, you just like, you know, you, you wanted, you said you'd help that woman on her, you know, journey to, you know, visit a shrine and you just murdered her and took her pocket change. Like, okay. Like, why not? <laughs> I guess you're just that kind of person and you're really bad. Um, <laughs> it, it really would have been interesting to have like a, a quest, a whole quest line where you could join Degother. Like, it would have been, I feel like that would have been interesting. Maybe. In, in the theater of my mind, in the way that it's like, ah, how would I write this? It would be interesting, like, especially as a foil for, you know, the other side, because it's like, oh, yeah, like, you just came in here and you're just like, you know what? Yeah, fuck all these people. They're all dicks. <laughs> yeah, we're just, let's go full apocalypse. What what did anyone ever do to me? Like, let's just have Dagother steamroll all of my em- enemies in the Empire. You know what I mean? That would be a very interesting and very different story to tell. <laughs> Yes. Yes, it would. And uh, I'm going to plug my favorite Let's Player, uh, Sorcerer Dave, who did like recently ended, I think it was earlier this year. I think maybe it was it March. Anyway, earlier this year, uh, I think ended a big like years long Morrowind Let's Play with a mostly evil character, like an evil wizard character. And in like the fiction of this Let's Play, gave it a different ending hmm. that really felt satisfying with the way that that character was. And it's just kind of cool with like how, you know, in the theater of the mind, in the theater of this fiction, how, you know, you could take this story and be like, yeah, this isn't the story of the real game. Like you can't get this ending, but you can, you know, with some editing magic and some good writing, you can make this ending happen like for you or, you know, the audience, uh, you know, in that way, which is really cool um and so if you're if you're a let's play watcher i I highly suggest that 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 playthrough um and it it really is like oh yeah this is so cool like you're getting all the stuff and then like you get a different ending you know for that character which you know you could do uh in your head you know even if the game itself this is why fan fiction is important like you know fan fiction good uh you can you can make your story work and on that tack, uh, with you know the the personal fiction, uh, I wanted to share one quote from Ken Rolston from the Oral History of Morrowind that I think is a good note to close on. Uh, this is the quote: "Quote: 17th century Chinese novels used to be published, and only about 25% of the book was a novel, and the other 75% were commentaries by other people responding to it." So the experience was not just the text, it was how people reacted to it. And I believe with Bethesda games, you're missing the point if you're just looking at the text. You should look at the Let's Plays. You should look at the bulletin boards. You should look at how Daggerfall players used to post pictures of themselves in an all-black outfit because they'd assembled every one of those pieces in the black garments and they're doing a fashion show. Because seeing how people express themselves and how people play them reflects the greatest virtues of the games, that they could be played and experienced in completely different ways. 
That's actually a really powerful quote. <laughs> it's so good. I and 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 so I hope that uh, my co-hosts Chandler and Tom, and that uh, all and any of you who are still listening, uh, that maybe you've gotten a, another facet of the multiplicity of what this story can be, depending on from my point of view, but also maybe from your point of view too. Absolutely. I I think I'm I'm blown away by how deep the story and stuff goes um Mm -hmm. i mean you really kind of nailed it earlier when we were talking about it and you kind of said that uh um it's almost not a game it's more of like a novel that like be like is also a game Mm -hmm. um (laughs) which is pretty amazing and i think it's missing in a lot of the uh modern stuff at least that layer that like level of depth is pretty incredible and the fact that you can kind of go off and and do whatever you want is super super cool i correct me if i'm wrong was this one of the first games that allowed you to kind of just like create your own ending ish like of this style because i feel like it was there were Were... a number of rpgs that were before this that had more open endings but in terms of first person married with this it was one of the earliest ones because that's Mm -hmm. what i was going to say is i feel like an open world where there's a story that you can, you know, follow and, but you don't have to, and you don't have to follow it in one specific way. I feel like this game was kind of a pioneer in that regard. And the storytelling is unbelievably good, which is ridiculously hard to do. Um, Mm -hmm. when you have an open world like that, like outrageously hard to tell a story and have it be really fleshed out when the player can do whatever they want, particularly when you can kill people that are important to the story. I I feel like that level of openness and just sort of do whatever makes you happy is something that we haven't seen in a modern game for a while. Like, to that extent. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it, mm-hmm. the, the reason why is because that's an extremely hard problem on the it's... verge of being cursed. But Oh, uh... totally. Yeah. Well, and I mean, yeah. I think there's probably a lot of people that experienced that cursed side of it from Morrowind, where it's just like, well, this guy's pissing me off, so I'm going to cut his throat. Oh, the game let me kill him. Cool. He probably wasn't important. Why can't I progress? <laughs> <laughs> well, the game does notify you when you kill important NPCs. Yeah. So there is yeah, that. There is that, that one is a little blessing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. You can be like, oh, whoops. Say, uh, let's see, how long ago has it been since I saved? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Rot Rose, yeah. But yeah, so freaking cool. I want to play it again, because I didn't do any of this when I played it in high school. I I just became a, what do you call it? Um, murder hobo? Not a murder hobo, actually. Oh, what is it called? I, my brain keeps saying narcolepsy, and that's not what it is. Uh, Don't, that's... <laughs> <laughs> Waking up in random places. Well, I guess you still kind of did that. Well, yeah. <laughs> kind of just everyone in the game. Uh, no, kleptomaniac. That's the word I was looking for. I was just... I think this was genuinely one of the first games I have ever played as, you know, like, where I could just take anything. And so I was so fascinated by that mechanic... <laughs> I was just like, is there a limit? (laughs) (laughs) Only what you can carry. (laughs) Um, Right. But I mean, I think that's like, for me, the the game, that was like one of the things that was so amazing about it is that it was just like, it just drops you into this world and you do with it what you will. Like, like we were joking earlier, 
You can either make that guy a crazy skooma addict who is making shit up, or you can make the prophecies come true. It really is up to you. And that's super cool. I, I think, at least for myself, my personal experience, it was one of the first games I ever played that gave you that level of freedom. So I, I used it in an immature and stupid way, but eh, I was. Yeah, it's all fun. <laughs> yeah, it's great all game. fun. I will say, after I played Morrowind and I went and played Oblivion, I always felt like something was missing. Oblivion never hit the same way Morrowind did. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it is that freedom. Mar- Oblivion tried to th- like throw you on rails really hard, and I didn't like that. It never was as much fun. When when Skyrim came out, I was praying it was more like Morrowind, and it kind of was. Uh, more I'm than sure, Oblivion. Uh, I I'm sure we'll have more thoughts about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we get to stew on uh-huh. that before we record part three. Oh, yes. yeah. I'm excited to talk about that. Oh, yes. Yes, in part three, we will be talking about Morrowind in context with Oblivion and Skyrim, uh, specifically, and perhaps in conversation with other RPGs of its time and after. Because I, I think especially in context with the later the games that came after it, there's, there's a lot to say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and maybe, maybe we'll get another game soon. But probably not. Nah. Got to re-release it onto my Prob- refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, okay. On that note, um, why don't uh, we go around and uh, do pluggables? Yes. Do you want to start oh. us off, Tom? Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> uh, as far as pluggables go, I'm really selling myself for this. I actually recently changed up uh, my pluggables, so... I am now on Instagram as Vintage and Voltage. I'm trying to kind of take a little bit of it more seriously. And uh, YouTube, same deal, Vintage and Voltage. I'm going to be doing some stuff with e-bikes, and I've already got a bunch of stuff in there about, like, uh, trucks, like the truck I built and cars and all kinds of other cool stuff. Um, So if you're into, like, old stuff and, you know, mechanicking and tinkering and technology, give me a follow. Oh, cool. All right. Uh, I guess I'm up next. (laughs) Well, uh, you can find me on the interwebs uh, at at Meroward, M-E-R-E-W-Y-R-D, on Twitter and Twitch. And I'm currently still on a hiatus. Uh, You know, you you can find me there. I I don't do much right now. But uh, in in the process of starting some new projects, getting back into streaming and other perhaps video content, other uh, narrative story related stuff... Uh, at the time of recording, I'm about to go on vacation, so it'll be a little while. But uh, yeah, uh, if you're if you're interested in that, also, if you want us to talk about Tribunal and Blood Moon, give me uh, a DM, or uh, y- you could send Chandler a DM uh, <laughs> since he's he's our fearless leader. <laughs> yes, I, I I prefer the term cat herder. That's that's my term. Yeah, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Forgive me. The 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 most the greatest of cat herders. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter or HIO um, as JC Siron, J C S I R R O N. I'm not going to take the thunder and do the outro for you, Devin. <laughs> oh, oh, I get to do the outro. I've earned it. I mean, you're the you, you basically <laughs> held us on your back the entire podcast. So you know, it's true. It's only fair. <laughs> 
It's it's like that scene that scene in uh, Bahubali, the beginning where he's carrying the Shiva lingam like across the river to the waterfall. Like that's me <laughs> with y- <laughs> with y'all exactly. <laughs> and my and my eight thousand word script. <laughs> <laughs> well, I shall I shall accept this honor. Everyone, thank you for joining us for the story of Morrowind. We hope to see you in part three soon in the future and we have been the adventure mechanics we'll see you next time bye